Hello and welcome back to W Rated, the podcast where we willingly watch the world's worst rated movies. In today's episode, we'll be delving into our latest film on IMDb's bottom 100 list, welcoming a new special guest. So for any new listeners, my name's Daisy and as always, I'm joined by my podcast co-creator and co-host Claire over in Ireland. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Um, Yeah, I'm fine. Uh, I (laughs) continue to have not really seen any of Ireland. Yay, Yay, COVID. (laughs) there's nothing like uh moving to a new country and then sitting in uh someone else's house and not being able to see any of it yep (laughs) but you know we we've got christmas on the way at the time of recording so hopefully we can have a nice christmas break and enjoy being inside daisy i really don't like that you said that because when i edit these it's usually a week later every time we talk about the future whatever we say the worst option of it happens oh is this some sort of like um am i some sort of psychic but like really of the worst kind me too like I'm, i've definitely I'm done only it as commenting well. on what's actually you know what i'm seeing on we're just on too my hopeful. news source aka twitter <laughs> <laughs> we're too hopeful about the world well it's actually quite funny you say that because we, it kind of goes with the theme of today's episode um mm-hmm. things being a bit disastrous um so before we uh kick that off of course as we mentioned we've got a special guest there's a day we have joining us nicholas cage commissar and host of caged in podcast petros welcome hello hello thank thank you so much for uh, inviting me to the bottom of the barrel to talk about the most most bottom of the barrel film that there there possibly could be I'm, i'm excited and uh yeah, mm-hmm. it really is, isn't it, this one? <laughs> this one is, uh, we're very excited to announce that this is the number one on the bottom 100. I don't know if any listeners know this off the top of their head, where it was a piece of trivia that they carry around in their head, what number one is. Most people know what number one is in the top 250. But Petros, as you have chosen the film today to come on and speak about, would you like to tell us what it is and why you've decided to to join us to talk about it today? Um, yeah, it's it's disaster movie, of course, uh, which is um, uh, the reason I wanted to talk about it is I kind of like as much as I kind of hate them, I love disaster movies in a way. Like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to tell you that like, some of my favourites because that would be spoiling some things. But <laughs> at, the, at the same time, like it's, it's like what it's like watching a car crash and it's okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, is that very really like, like yeah. if, if you're if you're like rubbernecking on on a motorway, it's kind of like you feel dirty inside. Whereas if you're watching like <laughs> buildings being destroyed in CGI, it's like, oh, that's that's great. Like these actors probably had fun, like watching Jake Gyllenhaal like deal with the the frozen earth or whatever, or kind of uh, you're uh-huh. watching Piers Brosnan or or Tommy. And I love the fact that uh, disaster movies always come in these weird pairs. Like there's mm, like the yeah. there's the deep impact Armageddon thing. It's like the social consciousness of like what is kind of irking people or the the, the communal fears we have as a as a global world. That's a really interesting point. Yeah. They they kind of go put two studios at the same point go. Get a get a get an asteroid movie. It's, it's like they look at each other and race and race to their prospective studios yeah, yeah, yeah. to get their quicker. I love how you've described um, disaster movies as cinematic rubbernecking. 
Yeah, that's that I, I, that's definitely what they are, right? I love it. I'm yeah. Just, yeah, I think that's how they should be described. Um, Claire, disaster movie, 2008. Did you have any relationship with it at all? Did you go see it in the cinema or was this a first watch for you? First watch for me. Um, I don't think I even... I'm sure I did know it existed, but there's so bloody many of these that mm-hmm. I probably didn't know it existed at the same time. I think, like, I, in my brain, thought, like, disaster movie, epic movie, and at least one other one were all one film. Was it Meet the Spartans that you thought was the same? Because I thought, because they both came out this the same year. Ah, uh, I don't so. really. I did look, and we can get to it later, but I know what I was watching at the cinema instead of this when it came out. We'll <laughs> get to later. Um, that should I be a looked... new segment. What did we watch instead of this pile of shit? <laughs> I, I put that segment in every week anyway. <laughs> That's true. Um, That's true. It's my favourite tangent. Um, yeah, no relationship whatsoever. Um, and when I when we were organising this episode, I kind of looked at it and I was like, wait, number one? We're doing number one? What? After our little <laughs> should, run. After our like run of films there. that aren't even on the list anymore. We then went right to make up for it. We'll go the complete opposite your, direction. Your chaos at this point, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's the, the schedule of this podcast. I love it. Fresh. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hadn't seen it before, and like you, I kind of like ended up piling them all up in one category in like one recess of my mind. Nothing I've ever seen in any of these parody films in the cinema. Um, but I must admit, I was very excited to watch this one, given it was number one. It's got a lot to live up to. Um, <laughs> Being number one, it's uh, it's got a, a really, really solid 1.9 out of 10 on IMDb. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, chef's kiss. Um, and for anyone that doesn't know, um, essentially, uh, Disaster Movie 2008, uh, it's a parody of the disaster film genre. And of course, most importantly, a parody of just anything that's in pop, pop culture at the time. <laughs> Any movie trailer that Friedberg and Salsa just happened to watch that year. Yeah. An em- emphasis on the trailer aspect of that, <laughs> not what film they watched, what trailer they watched. I've got a real big problem with the fact that this is called Disaster Movie. Because Honestly. It, 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 does, <laughs> it doesn't deal with the, the tropes of a disaster movie at all. Like Not I, at all. I often look at like spoof movies. Well, I think what makes a good spoof movie is like making fun of the traits of them so even if you look at like scary movie mm. like when mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately these two cretins i will call them that the uh the the, the creators mm-hmm. the, the the two of the six it. writers as they they that that annoys me as well that they that, that <laughs> they needed they, so many people to come up with this shit well no 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 that obviously they, they are two of the six writers on scary movie but all of these films right. I, I watch like the trailers for kind of I end up watching some YouTube videos like who are these guys basically mm-hmm. and mm. they use that sting on all of their trailers as if it's like some yeah. kind of witty badge of honour like aren't we mm-hmm. funny we're poking fun at the fact that we're we're the bottom rung of the ladder of this team of six writers and scary movie but what that does right is it obviously like it follows the beats of a scary movie and then makes mm-hmm. fun of the traits or I guess for a lot of people the best kind of spoof movie of all time is airplane which like is if you take out the jokes is the film that is aping completely like do you know what i mean like that's yeah, the thing, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. like this film like doesn't do that as you said it's just kind of like 
you feel like you're flicking t- like TV channels. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. oh, I hate this. It's just like next to the so disjointed it's just like yeah. onto the next you know like in dreams where you're like how did i get here mm-hmm. but then and then also the plane don't insult hey, your dreams and then you have just revealed the real caliber of my dream situation um, but it's like how did i get here and then that person was there and then that happened and it just seems to just go in this sort of like whirling down a, pl- a, a plug hole of just fever dream randomness yeah. <laughs> i bring it back to scary movie every time we do one of these parody movies because mm. scary movie is a good parody movie and it's mm-hmm. like these guys learn all of the mistakes they, they they saw it did well and took everything that wasn't what made it good and have carried that over and forgotten the good things because like you just said about airplane which as we've discussed before i've still never seen um, <laughs> but scary movie is almost beat for beat scream but with lots of different things in and lots of silly humor and yeah lots of jokes but the narrative structure is scream and we said that was some of the good thing about date movie but some of the bad things about date movie i know daisy you absolutely hated vampires suck but i at least <laughs> liked it because it had this the plot structure of twilight yeah, yeah. whereas this what was the they're plot like structure? what's the narrative what's the plot yeah, like who is our main character? He's just like a random dude. Yeah, it's it's a it's a get from point A to point B movie, which I guess like disaster movies do do in some regard, mm. but then like the MacGuffin in this is not something that would be like I don't know. You take like the the whole plot of Armageddon, for instance, like it is, they've yeah. got to go to the, they've got to go to this asteroid and destroy it from the inside out so it doesn't collide with Earth, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, that like that 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 is the end goal. Whereas this, the the like MacGuffin is totally unknown until we get to the reveal, which is like, oh, so it's not a disaster movie. It's all of a sudden some kind of like paranormal. Uh, <laughs> like kind of like action adventure movie that you're parodying here like i don't yeah i don't quite get it the disaster movie was never because yeah they're getting from a to b which is in most disaster movies because normally they're trying to get away from the disaster or reunite with family or something but like in this none of the things that held them up during said disaster was the disaster Mm. apart from and like spoilers ahead apart from kim kardashian's character who was killed by an asteroid none of our other characters are killed by anything to do with the disaster they're not held up by any they're getting a fight with sex in the city girls they're attacked by alvin and the chipmunks and the enchanted girl like has a little like beatboxing fight or something with one of them the asteroids and the explosions just aren't in the film. Yeah. Yeah. It's as if they've just gone, okay, um, we need something to call this mm-hmm. uh, random collection of things um, and we need them to have a reason to be travelling of some mm-hmm. kind <laughs> so that they can get through the different scenarios. What baffles me loads <laughs> is the working title for this film was Goody Two-Shoes. Which yeah, like, so makes it me makes f- a lot of sense. But Go like, on. it's like what, like what, what film did those guys sign on for? It's surely if you're working with those two guys, you know you're going to be in this like mass and like obviously like day one on set, it's like oh we've got a guy dressed up as Batman, we've got Ike Berenholz dressed up as Batman or Beowulf. Like this is clearly one of these like <laughs> cheap knockoffs, like spoof movies. 
Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I read on um, IMDb's trivia that, or is it Wikipedia, um, that actually, not that that should be an official source, I apologise, but listen, (laughs) (laughs) we're not paid to do this, so (laughs) I have not cited official sources until I get paid for my researching time. (laughs) Wikipedia it is. Basically, they wrote the film as a parody of Superbad. And apparently... I don't know, please, if you're listening, you know any different. They only changed the title from Goody Two Shoes to Disaster Movie once they'd finished filming. So they clearly had no intent and purpose to make this a Disaster Movie parody. (laughs) They just had it as a vehicle of random shit. (laughs) It's also in no way a super bad parody, apart from the one scene where they literally parody super bad. There's nothing else super bad in it. I think what happened is they planned to do that, had all this other random shit in, probably tried to cobble it together and it didn't make sense. And they've gone, oh, let's just kind of go more down this angle, have the super bad parody for one scene and be done with it. I don't know. (laughs) It's just so random. It's so random. I I think my overall sort of reaction to it, which is interesting because um, of how viscerally I detested vampire suck at the time now i'm starting to rethink my hatred for that because at least <laughs> had it, a plot. Like a, it had a plot at least it had a plot and had a, <laughs> it was a coherent narrative because i in some ways like vampire suck more because i had an actual reaction to it this i was so indifferent to what was happening in front of me and i checked out like mentally disconnected <laughs> that i was like is this even media? Not is this a film? Is this content? Is this media or am I just hallucinating? Because it makes no sense. Nothing's... And that's how it feels... (laughs) It feels like the lowest praise in the world to be like, well, Vampire Suck had a plot because they literally stole it from another film. (laughs) It's a parody movie. That is literally all these guys had to do. They just had to plagiarise a different film and they failed at the first step. I'd love to be a fly on the wall for the production of these things. Because you think about the blood, sweat and tears and money and passion that goes into even people making some of the films that are also on this list. Like a lot of these the films that are on this list, people do believe in. You know, The Room's mm-hmm. on there. Like there's a film <laughs> made about the making of The Room. And then you get films like this, which get millions and millions of dollars thrown at them. And you're like, I just I just would love to know how it's discussed. Is it taken seriously as like, or are they all laughing at the fact that they're gonna they can just do the bare minimum and it's gonna make a ton of money? Like I, I, I just would love to know. off their own jokes. Like we said that about yeah. dance flicks, didn't we? There's mm. just a bunch of men in a room and they take a joke too far. And it's like in the whole inside joke thing, if you're on the outside looking in, you're like, why the fuck are they all laughing? Like <laughs> what what's what have I missed? And that's what their entire film franchise has become a bunch of inside jokes that no one else understands. Yeah, I, I think it is a case of nobody telling, like, Jason Friedberg and Aaron Seltzer no. And, like, <laughs> I, I think, like, this this from looking is, like, their lowest, like, performing film. Not just, like, critically, but, like, uh, box office-wise as well, I think. like, mm. um, But still washed its face a little bit. What, it's made... For, uh, it grossed nearly thirty-five million on a twenty million dollar budget, but like, I like, I just don't. I this is one of those films that is baffling to me. That obviously, for a film to get made, 
Like, oh, there's all of these uh, markers in the way for it to be shown to human beings. And obviously, like, people, <laughs> I question the people in the film. Do you know what I mean? Like, Matt Lanter, yeah. Fang, as his name is. Like, and... Mate, Matt Lanter's a frequent offender, I've discovered. I know yeah. Matt Lanter from 90210, and when he first turned up on our list, I was like, oh, I loved him in 90210. And he voices Alec and Skywalker. Yeah, and, we were like you know. just so praising of Matt Lanter. We we're like, oh, bless him. He obviously just stumbled into this, needed a paycheck. And now I'm like, no, you're a frequent <laughs> offender. I will never, I wasn't planning to rewatch 90210 anyway, but now I, I can. <laughs> I spent too many years brooding over his character, and now I'm like, ew, no, you are detestable. Well, all Sorry, I could think about when looking at him was he looks like um, he looks like a mixture of like Chad Michael Murray and Brecken Meyer. He looks like those two. Oh Murray yeah, like, melded together because like oh yeah, like he looks just like the guy from Rat Race and the name Matt Lanter as well sounds like a really low rent white rapper as well. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, like Matt Lanter. Yeah, like, Matt Lanter. Uh... Do you know what I mean? And, like probably like, white boy rap. Oh, I can't and, yeah, I thought, I thought it was a stage I name. I thought, it, and I think I've written, I've written it down as as like the Atlanta spelling, but it's E R. But yeah, like Matt, Matt Atlanta. <laughs> like, I yeah, I, I nice. just have, I just, and that's the thing. There are people who've gone on, like Ike Berenholtz has gone on to do like some yeah. some good yeah. stuff. Like he's in. He's Cop great Rockers, in right? like um, Neighbours. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's in Rogers, yeah, yeah. He's he's a really great comedian. And to be honest, if I'm gonna praise anything about this film, which I'm not going to, but if <laughs> I did, he would probably be the only person that I would be interested. Okay, I'm not gonna praise it. I'm gonna say he's the only person I'd be interested in seeing on my screen throughout mm-hmm. that whole thing. If I just could just watch his scenes again, I'd be like, fine. Whatever. I don't le- like it, but it doesn't offend me in my eyes as much as the rest of the incoherent mess that was the rest of this film. I feel like him, there's like three of the cast members who should know better. So it's Ike Berenholtz, <laughs> um, Nicole, uh, like, yeah, it's Crystal, uh, Krista Flat Flanagan who plays the like Juno spoof, who like. Yeah. That feels like they've just heard her do, like, and uh, who's the other? Nicole Parker all come from Mad TV, which is like somewhat mm-hmm. like a an American like sketch show, yeah, sketch comedy show. And like yeah. now, yeah, yeah, and it's like you guys should know better. Like the the alumni on that show is like Andy Dick and uh, Keegan Michael Key, so it's like good people mm-hmm. have come from that. Like this should be in your bones to do this, but it's the, it's obviously the material they have to work with. It's just the absolute dross. The whole film felt like the worst outtakes of any episode of SNL you've ever seen. It was just (laughs) bad sketch after bad sketch after bad sketch with no coherent flow through it. And they were like rejects of rejects, Mm -hmm. you know. I think that hangs on your idea, Claire, of this whole it being an inside joke thing, though. Mm -hmm. Because that's I kind of get that vibe from what SNL's kind of turning into now. Mm. Because they don't really seem to be very, like, biting satire or commentary anymore. It just feels like, who's the most famous person we could get and have a few laughs with? Yeah. Um, And it's a bonus if they're a musician as well, because we can just double book them. I mean, they do. And then, you know, it doesn't... Uh, I don't really I don't really watch it but I catch bits on on Twitter that you know Mm -hmm. that been shared and stuff but that's the kind of vibe I'm getting from that now it's not about the comedy it's about the celebrity so I wonder if that's 
and that obviously goes to show as well as we mentioned earlier it's not really a parody of disaster movies it's a parody of how much pop culture can we fit into a film mm-hmm. but it always has this um they try and stay ahead of the curve by being super super relevant by literally parodying what they think are going to be a, a film is about from their trailer so that they can get it out in time to be parodying the films that's also out of the cinema but i don't know about you because I, I i obviously i didn't see it in the cinema and i i've got the like what else was out at the time but it's hard to completely tell without going proper in depth whether they would still even be relevant or they're still always going to be a little bit behind and because by the time they come out they're riffing off of the trailer of something when people have gone but i've seen the actual film now and that's not even what it's about kind of i think the only thing is back in 2007 it was like the real boom of the dvd market and we were still in a place where it was taking like four or six months for dvds to come out Mm. so like films like Superbad and juno all had second wins when they went to home media so even if in the film they were no longer relevant because they weren't in the cinema anymore if they had timed it right who knows if they did or didn't when they all came out on dvd anyone like me who was a student we all trotted down to hmv and yeah. we were all like going through whatever <laughs> dvds were five pound and we'd all buy a different one and then we'd trade them like we'd I have wonder then, movie actually, night everyone's house more a case of a numbers game of mm-hmm okay, whatever's come out and whatever will be co- like coming out at the time, if we just hit them all off, something's going to land, something's going to be relevant. But yeah. my original point was the fact that they, more so in this than I think any of the ones that we've seen so far, Claire, because we've, what is this, our fourth parody from them now? Yeah, I don't know. If, yeah, they or are third. all from them that we've done, aren't they? Yeah. We've done four Dance parodies. Dance Flick, done... Date, Movie and Vampire Stuff. Dance this... Flick wasn't these guys. Oh, was it not? No, I thought it was. Anyway. I think it was like linked. Oh no, you're to right. A... It was um the Wayan Brothers, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, just in terms of parody stuff, this feels like the most celebrity focused and less uh yeah. film focused of the ones that we've seen yeah. so far. Yeah, and it it was like at the time, and I've spoken about it on other episodes, like the whole Perez Hilton culture of that mm. time period, and this feels like someone just basically went through Perez Hilton and went through like. One of the things I was going to say is obviously that thing of trying to parody stuff that is relevant. You're playing a real gamble of how mm. your film is going to age because there's a lot of yeah. this that has aged like bad wine. It's vinegar. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're, like, they're yeah. parodying stuff like Hancock, which like, well, I say parodying. They just lift things like basically wholesale riffs from that. It's like, oh, Hancock is a drunk superhero. So what do they do? Have a kid swear at him, he flies up, hits a lamppost and then falls back on the bench. It's like, I'm pretty sure in Hancock, something b- very similar happens in that film. So it's not even a thing of parodying. It's literally like showing you IP and going like, aren't we clever? Aren't we clever? And yeah. it's it's an yeah, interesting yeah. time to be talking about that. Because obviously, like, that is what like a lot of, like film people are kind of have have a problem with stuff like the mm-hmm. the MCU and like anything that's a kind of collected universe. It's like, oh, they're just kind of post credit scenes dangling a carrot of this other character or mm-hmm. another character mm-hmm. will come in for a scene and stuff like that and going, 
oh that 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 that's horrible that's that's like the the corporatization of, of movies yeah they're like, not actually doing anything it's just the you know Joe, it's yeah, like yeah. a dopamine it's like a dopamine hit of going yeah. oh i recognize that yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. what they were doing way back in the day with these and, and it's like if you if, if those people like uh, are so i don't know het up about the mcu and stuff like that it's like if you really want to have something angry to, you want something to be really angry about it's like go watch disaster movie and see how, <laughs> see how that is done badly of just like this is supposed to be something poking fun at one the tropes of disaster movies doesn't do and two like the things that it does poke fun out of doesn't really poke fun out of them at all it just goes hey look no. there's the two guys from Superbad going like oh i'm 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 muck well i'm loving because we can't say muck loving because we don't want to like do you know what I mean? Like we can't, yeah. Or yeah. we got someone singing a JT song, going like, "I'm gonna sing a melody, but it's not quite the same as a JT song." Like, because it's like it just feels like uh, I don't. It's like the Audi of 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 filmmaking, right? It's like no, it's the, worse. It's like going down the market and getting the the fake designer stuff. Well, <laughs> it's I, like it looks like the Gucci logo, but it's not. I only say Audi because it's like that thing of like it's like the writers and the kind of legal department are sat next to each other going like oh yeah what can we get away with how close can we get to how close can we get like parodying this song without you're right like like and it's 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 not fun that is the thing these films like when they're at their best are fun and you kind of that they're hung on like a decent-ish plot and that's the thing if 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 even if the plot's a bit shit if your if your film is fun then it's fun. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You can get away mm-hmm. with, with being a bit shit. Whereas this is just a barrage. And like I just found myself just writing down the references in this a lot of the time and just kind of going, what the fuck is going and on? I, I got even bored of doing that. And one of the things yeah, that like too. I found myself as well is who was actually the audience this was aimed at? We always because bring up with these, the don't people we, like... that will understand the High School Musical, the Hannah Montana, maybe even the Super Bad references, will they have seen There Will Be Blood? I know that's pigeonholing a lot of people because I'm sure there are hundreds of people out there who have both seen all the High School Musical films. But then they have to be, be the people that go to see this film as well. So it just, like, it felt like... Where does it cross fo- over? <laughs> it doesn't. It felt like rather than... Fo- and it, yeah, because I, I don't know. I don't see that many people that will go out to a high art film like There Will Be Blood also then wanting to go to lower disaster movie. And not that we can really place a label on what is an art and what isn't. I've learnt my lesson on that one this week. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> like, it just... Rather than focusing on one audience type, which should have been, as we've said at the top of the episode, fans of disaster movies, they're mm. like, we are going to have something for everyone. But and even if it's not just them, it's anyone who's seen one can yeah. go and be like, oh, yeah, that's like in Armageddon. Or, yeah. oh, yeah, that's like in Day After Tomorrow. People will recognise it because yeah. everyone, most people have been to a cinema and like watching films recreationally. And the whole point of what we were saying about going on the tropes of the genre itself, not just specific films, everyone's going to recognise it, even if they haven't necessarily seen that film that Mm -hmm. we know that you're referencing. On on the point of like going with the trope angle of it, it's like tropes are there for a reason. And even if you watch like Mm -hmm. a, a, a bona fide disaster movie, there are moments like 
they all kind of follow a similar pattern. They'll be like, there is no like scientist in this who kind of comes out like with like a load. Yeah. That, that's that's real like I don't know easy pickings to get jokes out of that of just like. I don't know, somebody like over explaining it and kind of trying to make sense of it all and then like that going awry or, or, or something like I I definitely definitely give me an afternoon and I think I could write a better spoof of, mm-hmm. of a disaster movie. Because I don't like, even think you'd need an afternoon, mate. I think you've got yeah. this couple of minutes. <laughs> well, yeah, like, that, that, and I, I recently went to the cinema and saw the trailer for the, the new Roland Emmerich film, who is obviously like a kind of serial fender when it comes to disaster movies. Yeah. <laughs> and his his newest film is Moonfall. I'm not sure if you've seen any of them. Oh, yes, I did see the trailer for that. And I thought, how is this a real film that's been funded? Yeah, that's what I mean. The disaster movies themselves are preposterous. And insane. <laughs> so it's like just kind of lean into that that aspect. Yeah, of yeah, it exactly. And yeah. just take the take the piss out of it. Like take the piss out of how like jingoistic they could be. Like a lot of them is like, oh, like the 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 like the the world is in crisis, but all that really matters is American soil. Do you yes. know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like there's <laughs> jokes to be made about that. There's jokes to be made about I don't know. All sorts it's like of... looking at what's there for the picking, what's ripe for the picking. And mm-hmm. with all of these genres of films, like there's so much because that's why they're genres, because they have certain tropes, tropes that, as you say, aren't necessarily a bad thing. They're there to, you know, they're there for a reason. The storytelling techniques, they make people feel comfortable. They're shortcuts to help tell stories. But yeah, when you see them over and over again, it gets boring. So why not make some take some fun out of them while also loving their source material or saying we need to elevate the source material beyond this now so we're going to have a bit of fun with it these people make these films i don't actually think they like films i think they hate the medium of film Mm -hmm. and this is the way that they punish other people (laughs) they also as i learned they absolutely hate anyone who isn't a straight white man yeah 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 just this one of the worst of the offenders of what we've watched so far this one made date movie look inoffensive yeah, I think I just, I just, I, I, I can't even, I couldn't even retain, retain it in my memory. At this but point. that's, that's sort of the problem though that I found with it because at one point earlier today when I was thinking about recording this episode, I was like, do you know what? I didn't find it that offensive. And then my brain literally went, what about this, 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 and this? And because there's so much offensiveness, but it is all off-handed, flippant, one-off jokes, and the whole it's like movie subliminal, is, isn't it? Yeah, the whole movie is mm. just. Now this thing, now this thing, now this thing, your brain can't hold on to the offence because mm-hmm. there's just another thing 10 seconds later that's going to be stupid or annoying or offensive that you just kind of forget that it's offensive at all because it's mm. like kind of, yeah, like subversive or like I think I, I couldn't remember the word for it when I wrote my notes. I can't remember the word for it now. But I feel like I've been like acclimatized to these films now that they don't yeah. even bother me as much. Yeah, I feel like yeah. I've just because I knew what like, to expect going in. Yeah. Like I'll be honest, I've not even written a page of notes for this one because I'm like, when we first started doing these parodies, I was writing down every little sort of reference and thing, blah blah blah. But because they're just all so similar in in what they do and achieve, it's more just a case of okay, well, this is just same thing different slightly different looking yeah. ingredients like yeah and they're even reusing the same cast now so it literally does feel yeah. like the same thing <laughs> although we did have a certain kardashian within our cast for this one what was everyone's thoughts about her turning up 
you didn't actually think she was that bad? I didn't. I quite enjoyed her presence there. I think <laughs> if she was in any other film, she'd be awful. But I think the calibre... Like, it's not even that the other people are bad actors, but the level of acting they're being asked to give in this film is so low. Go, that girl, I feel like nothing. she just filtered right in. She didn't... Her bad, like, her bad acting or mediocre acting, whatever we want to call it, felt completely on par of every You're other right. actor on the stage. Yeah, when she's when she's like up at like what she's she she's against uh, Vanessa Leahy who again mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I, so I bought the DVD for this which like amazing. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, we I, salute I, you. I've since found out that I I, I got stiffed because I didn't get the the unrated edition. I've just got the the, oh, the 12 no. edition. But I, oh. I I delved into the like DVD extras and like again I think they're trying to Thank be... you for your service. Yeah, they're trying to you. they're trying to be funny and like you know when it comes up with like uh, who the person is and kind of like credits mm-hmm. underneath or something like that. Yeah, hers literally just lists like lads mags. So it's like Maxim, yeah. like she's been on the cover oh, and stuff like that. No. So when you've got like Kim Kardashian up against like her, or even like I don't know, like. I'm just going to call him G Fang, even though his name is Gary Johnson. I, I really feel like that is, <laughs> that is a name that needs a bit of zhuzhing, doesn't it? Gary Johnson. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we've got Matt Lanter and G Fang uh, up in the house. Uh, but, like, Amazing. That, like, yeah, she would be like, I don't know, I think Kim Kardashian could work, this is going to sound really weird, could work either in this, where she doesn't really have to do anything and kind of like mm-hmm. can melt into the kind of averageness yeah. of it all yeah or or i think she'd really work in uh, a safty brothers film where they kind of oh my god i was just thinking that under- oh god, underst- understand the level of like what she- who she is and what she is i'm thinking i've got of- gems for some really random reason yeah yeah you could you, <laughs> you could see her you could i don't know or, or i don't know why i, I-, I don't know as someone who has watched every single episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians and also may have done so, I, 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 I'm not a fangirl, but there's been times where I came close. Um, <laughs> I now that's wrong because they're not the best people. Um, but the show's addictive. Um, you have way overthought. If you think she could, <laughs> she, there's no way she could ever be in any film like but that. No, but I think I don't she know. She can't why even just... look stressed in her own reality TV show, guys. I think it's just the absurdity in a in a high art way mm-hmm. of a Safety Brothers film. <laughs> yeah, I, I... that she. <laughs> I don't know. It would just work. I don't know why. <laughs> and it, the only reason I'm just I don't know why I was thinking it. As soon as you said it, I was like, is this a joke? Because well, I don't know she, why I was thinking it. She's dating Pete Davidson now, and I do think Pete Davidson <laughs> would actually be amazing in a Stafty Brothers film. Yeah, so she could just play his we weird, like, like posy girlfriend. The Matrix right now. Pete yeah. Davidson and Kim Kardashian just. Yeah, it would be. It would be. Yeah, I can imagine that being a really stressful, like whatever it is, it'll be stressful because yeah. it's a Stafty Brothers. Yeah. But yeah, throw Kim Kardashian in the middle of it because it would be just put be, her yeah. under stress, and that we, would be that's one of the some of she, the most interesting dramatic just... episodes of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. So maybe it would work. <laughs> you could you just get a handbag a... out. Stop being so rude. <laughs> Give there her the role that The Weekend did in Uncut Gems, and maybe maybe she'd be fine. There we go. See, yeah. we yeah. found her. As well. I'm on board. You've you've brought me on Kim, board, guys. If you're listening, get involved. Yeah, but yeah, no, I think you're right. The way she melded melted into like just the sheer 
crapness of everything else was good. But it felt, I felt I felt a little bit bad for her because you could see how like nervous she was. <laughs> well, I was the really whole time. As someone who, again, may or may not be a Kardashian fan. But she doesn't dance. She outright, like, refuses to dance. And then she did the High School Musical number. And you can tell she's really uncomfortable and they don't use a lot of her footage. But I was like, good for her. It seems like she did take the job seriously. It seems like she wanted to make an effort and do a good job. And it was the only time she'd ever acted. Um, So I was like, you know what? I've seen a lot of awkward singers being in movies that have been atrocious i didn't think she was the worst offender in any way shape or form yeah Mm -hmm. she she does get like that's the thing i think a lot of this comes down to the script and what these people are like Mm -hmm. it's one of those things there was a script if 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 somebody (laughs) or like the the lines they're fed on the day if yeah like obviously kim kardashian has aspirations to become a lawyer and it's like if somebody like says to her like Hey, remember that time you referred to Amy Winehouse as like a crack crackhead whore in that film you were in? It's like, yeah. Now the defense with your case. <laughs> you know I mean? It's like, how can you kind of? I don't know. Is that thing like? I don't want to. Like, yeah, it's like how I was like really. It's an interesting like, tra- it's, trajectory, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it feels like. It feels, I don't know. Really it feels like. Oh, I, I've written in my notes like what a what a shame to the patron saint of Camden. Do you know what I mean? Like that yeah. really upset me. Um, it's I just like the... a low blow, isn't it? It's just yeah. like I don't know. It's just I There's... feel that was low even for these guys to be honest. But yeah, like because this would have been what this would have been kind of the height. Well, like a year after, kind of especially since watching like something like Asif Kapadia's Amy and the kind of like when they, like, kind of pull the camera back and kind of, like, a mirror up to all of us and go, like, oh, remember that time mm. you laughed at all those jokes on 8 Out of 10 Cats or kind of all the panel mm. shows and stuff like that? And it's, like, this is just kindling onto that fire yeah. of kind of... Mm. And it's, like, did you guys really have to do that? Because that's the thing. And what it all comes back to is, I don't know, I know there's, like, an argument within comedy of, like, it's all fair game if it's funny. Like, do you know what I mean? And there's but people this who ain't funny. But this ain't funny. Well, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you guys would have, like, picked it up if, you don't, if you're not aware of them. But, um, is it Vanessa Minillo, who played the love interest? She's now mm-hmm. Vanessa Lachey. Um, she is married to Jessica Simpson's ex-husband, Nick Lachey, mm. and they have her in the film... Like in the film, they are taking the piss out of Jessica Simpson on multiple yeah. occasions. She's in those scenes, um, and I can't remember. I don't remember because it was years ago. I don't remember if Nick Lachey left Jessica Simpson for her, or if it's just that they got together very quickly afterwards. Right, but and was that's it around like, this time, or was yeah. It so that's right. a very personal dig. And then there's also a joke which we were all making the jokes at the time. It's awful. Um, like there's a joke about Jessica Simpson where like she's being all sexy and she's like, Dad, stop filming. And like she has now come out as like a sexual abuse survivor. I'm not I don't mm. think it was her dad, but I do think it was someone close to the family. And it's like she was then over sexualized in the media. And then she had jokes literally taking the piss out of the fact that, oh my God, your dad wants to sexually abuse you. Like that's fucking awful. Mm. And then to know that she was going through that in her personal life, like society has a lot to answer for and these films kind of showcase the worst of that celeb culture yeah well and and they kind of 
they they highlight the worst in well they they expect the worst in their audience as well yeah like the jokes mm, they make that's a really like, good way of putting it yeah the 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 like even even the reveal of like the 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 father figure of uh, Matt Lanter's character being like uh, a person of color and also a dwarf <laughs> like it's like you're expecting us to laugh not just like do you know what I mean not just at the fact that like, I don't it's just it's really getting to like people's basis most horrible sides of themselves so it's like oh laugh at the fact that he's a dwarf and he's black yeah it's like if you get them to explain the jokes like but it's the same joke they did in date movie yeah, two years or four years prior. So it's not only offensive; it's also fucking lazy because you already made this bad and tasteless mm-hmm. joke four years ago. It's like if you turned around to them and went, "Can you go through this film and explain why these things are funny?" And they went, "Oh, it, the, the answer to all of them would be because they are not a straight white man." Yeah, it's very yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. well, it's because like, they are different to us. That's why it's funny. The whole Sex and the yeah. City thing, like. Oh. I don't think oh it is. Oh my god, Sarah Jessica Parker looks like a man. Aren't we fucking hilarious and original? Yeah. Sarah Jessica Parker's stunning. Yeah, she does look a bit different. She isn't like, I don't even know what classic hot would even be considered. But I'm sorry, if I look like Sarah Jessica Parker, I'd be bloody happy. But no, oh my god, she has a bit like defined features. So we'll get a man in drag to play her and it yeah. will be hilarious. It, it felt transphobic. It felt, it yeah. felt weirdly yeah. transphobic. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, in this film, I think this film kind of. I don't know, it felt like they had post-it notes on their wall when they were writing this with kind of like all of the, like, ists or... Oh, yeah, all of the isms. Out there. And go, like, <laughs> yeah, like, let's tick them off. Do you know what I mean? We've got, we got, we got transphobia. Let's, let's, let's get that involved. <laughs> and, like, one of the kind of, like... And the thing is, not only do they, like, do these jokes, they're, like, they're kind of linchpins and they, like... Like some of like so there's that like whole thing about Beowulf being gay and like oh, yeah. the main character's going, Yo, that's gay man. Like ask anyone that's gay. And then it's like, oh right, they're just gonna drop that. And then all the way throughout their fight, and it's like, I'm gonna go to, to, to get tickets to see Madonna with my with, with my friend and like stuff like that. And like everything's like, we're gonna go do pottery and stuff like that. And it's like that is like that sounds like a great day. Yeah, it, that sounds wicked. Like, do you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, I love making pottery. Like, I'm Madonna, yes, please. Like, like, and I say that I say that as a as a straight white man. Like, even like yeah. I don't know, I, I don't like. There's so much of this that kind of uh, really got my back up. Like, one of them, like, I'm not like I'm not the biggest Juno fan in the world, but I really love the Moldy Peaches and that like moment where they kind of ape the moldy peaches song and like yeah sing that song about abortion basically yeah. like kind of in the style of uh the moldy peaches um mm. what is it well i'm trying to think of the do, title do, 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 yeah 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 yeah. and it's <laughs> like that, that that is like i was like oh this is going to be a part <laughs> i was like this is going to be a passing joke juno was a big thing it's like oh no yeah. juno is one of the four like that character yeah, is one of the four main, main characters. characters. Is yeah. there anyone in the world that ever went, I would really love to know what Juno would do in a disaster? No. No, as someone who still adores Juno and it's still one of my favourite films, I have no interest in ever knowing what Juno would be doing in a disaster movie or anything similar. And they just, every joke is stretched to the point of past breaking. Like mm-hmm. the Hannah Montana joke. I oh, laughed that, at the first. Oh. I laughed at the first one. The first one where, so Hannah Montana is killed. 
And then she's like, oh, like, but you can buy my line at this thing. And I was like, huh, yeah, funny. Like, always about the sale. I think I and then they, they do it nine more times. And even the actors are like, oh, yeah, this is so boring. And it's like, yeah, think about your fucking audience. This is like <laughs> desperate. Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna lie, guys. I I've forgotten half of this film. With this yeah, film. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, f- I yeah, I, I could feel this film like leaving my brain as I as was soon as wa- it came in, as I was watching it, and it's like I'm so glad. Like I kind of put off watching it, put off watching it until like the last moment. I'm like, if I had watched it yesterday, like I yeah, don't I watched it on I, Thursday. I, I had no hope. I've watched ten more films since I watched this, um, but I still, unfortunately, it wormed its way in. Oh, so, yeah. I know what I did remember though. Something I did enjoy the, the, when it when it initially was revealed as the joke, I gave a little chuckle. But then obviously it went on for like another twenty five minutes. Yeah. So was the uh, the chipmunks turning evil and rabid? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did give myself it did make myself chuckle a little bit because I love puppets so yeah. I really liked the the special effects work on whether they were animatronic or puppets and when they they did look quite terrifying and I gave myself a little and as someone a massive Gremlins fan as well I felt like it just it just gave me that sort of vibe of that evil kind of Spike. mischievous but then obviously it went on for about 500 hours so I like by that point why- in a disaster movie, is the biggest villain an animatronic chipmunk? Like, yeah. can, we clip Sorry, that? What? can we clip that for the episode trailer? <laughs> <laughs> I, so I, I only laughed at one joke in this film, and it's kind of a uh, biosmosis because it reminded me of something else that was funny. <laughs> something else that's actually funny. <laughs> yeah, and it, and, it, and it was the like, and it definitely was, despite my better judgment, was the the long the long butt crack gag, and it was just because. At the moment, there's a picture of John Lennon, John Lennon and Yoko Ono, which is photoshopped. But like, it's like, like John Lennon's got a really long bum crack, and Yoko Ono's got a tiny weeny little bum crack. And I just thought it made me think of that, and like, I don't know, the fact, yeah, just the visual of like the bum crack gang at the up the buck. And it's like one of the only jokes that is at expense of a white straight male. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's like, yeah. It's very interesting that you said that because one of when we get to our letterbox reviews later, one of the reviews I found was like these films were memes before memes were a thing. They were like right. they're the memes of the early ages. So it's so funny that the people only thing that desperate. made you laugh was what made you think about a meme. Yeah. So people were desperate for memes, but they didn't yeah. know what memes were yet. And so they made a whole they film full these of crumbs, tiny memes, these crumbs, scattered memes throughout a film. Yeah, this is um, this is shit posting yeah. the movie, right? It, is it yeah. really, really is. Four Chan the movie. Oh, <laughs> the, 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 basically, this... isn't it? No, I was going to say, Daisy, what we didn't comment about, probably because you've already forgotten it, we, myself and Daisy, aren't fan of the toilet humour. There was a shit joke within less than two minutes of the movie starting. It was the very first, I checked the time code, it was less than two minutes in, there was a shit joke. I was like, wow, we are, I think he only fell into it. But I was like, wow, we are starting strong, we just know what we're doing and just get on. I was thinking of when he brings his, what, uh, G-Thang brings his uh shoe to his ears, trainer to his ear and it's got mm. dog yeah. poo on it. That was horrible. Over his face and then he just rubs it in. And I mean to be honest, my stomach was pretty solid after just watching Human Centipede 2. So <laughs> I could handle that. Usually I would have gagged at yeah. that. And it just went on for so long again. Why? Yeah. Realistically guys, how long do we think this film would be if they just, you know, 
pace going with these jokes because I think minutes. you might actually. I think you could actually get a few more laughs out of me if you actually kept it going because yeah. I think just by momentum you might catch me off guard with something. But because I'm literally like sinking in my seat, like hearing this Amy Winehouse joke go on for about half an hour, like well, yeah, I, I, I've got I think, nothing left. I think when you shave off the credits, this is seventy-two minutes long. And it's like if you if you actually got a proper editor to edit this down, it is mm-hmm. half hour long. Like though, really? what I will say, I I do feel like we do have to give a tiny bit of credit to the editors because imagine trying to make a narrative out of any <laughs> yeah. of this shit. Like <laughs> they 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 didn't do a great job, but you have to wonder what were they even working with, especially if they didn't change the name and it wasn't meant to be called it wasn't meant to be about a disaster until after, like it was in post-production. I feel sorry for those editors. They didn't right. do a great job, but you have to wonder what were I'm they just given. Just looking up, actually, who they are and see. Um, <laughs> given their proper dues. Like, well, they're, they're mm-hmm. so, like, I'm just, oh, that like, toilet humour, I'm not, like, just kind of bodily functions I find a bit, like, mm-hmm. slightly repulsive, and especially yeah. ones that aren't correct. And I think one of them, <laughs> like, one of the and, and I I, ha- I accidentally had to watch it twice because like shortly after the film just kind of like jolts to no to oh. a complete different place that I was like I've got to wind back and wound back too far. Mm-hmm. But there's a moment when the um, Juno character like says I think my waters are breaking and then just mm-hmm. like this white goo just fires over everyone, which is a good joke in Scary Movie Two. Where a character has has got blue balls, so hasn't been able to come for ages, and then like stick someone to the wall. It's it's crass, it's horrible joke, but it makes logical sense within that film. Yeah, in this, there's, a, there's a beginning, middle, and end that you can make sense of. <laughs> in it, I, like I, I don't know, I'm no doctor, I'm no, I'm no, I'm no, I'm no uh, midwife or gynecologist, but I don't think that is what happens or anything close <laughs> to that when someone's waters break. I think it is literally. Yeah. Well, the like... joke was the joke was which is why it's such a bad joke. It's when Kim Kardashian gets naked and they're all looking at Kim Kardashian's naked body and I think the joke is that she, Juno uh... orgasms looking at her and it makes Juno come because that's why it looks like sperm and come but she's pretending it's her water's breaking. Oh, that's even more. That's like yeah. That's how I took that joke because then head. she's still pregnant for the rest of the movie yep. and it's related to them all going like jaws dropping it like Kim Kardashian's naked body. Right. Um, and so I took it because the boy's like, oh, I'm getting a semi or whatever. And then she's like, oh, I think my water's about to break. And then it's like, looks like cum. So I took that as the joke was that it made her come too. Yeah, that, 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 that's... Well, still ain't funny. Oh God, no. <laughs> yeah. Women finding other women attractive, fucking hysterical. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's, um... it's really problematic in the way of like the way, especially the Calvin character, the J Fang character, mm. in the way that like he's kind of the instigator to some real shady shit in this. One is like he's the one who's like, oh yeah, we need to get we need to get naked to conserve like body mm-hmm. heat. And then, like, the camera, like, lingers on them and, like, they're both, like, popping faces to each other, like, thumbs up. Yeah, we've duped these these dumb bitches into taking off their clothes. And then, like, when when Lisa is killed, he, uh, he, like, instantly is like, 
I'm done with her. Like the like, yeah. and then we get introduced to the enchanted like princess, and ah, oh, yeah. like like that that whole thing. the the one the one kind of positive I have for this film is that like. For a, for a second, that like James Marsden lookalike they have. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> really convincing for a second, and then they do a close up, and then you go, no, 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 no. <laughs> so my only positive, Daisy. I'm guessing you probably don't have any positives. Um, my I don't have posit- any thoughts at this point. <laughs> my <laughs> positive, emptiness. much like we said about dance flick, I did feel like the High School Musical dance number was decent. I did feel like they put their money into hiring a decent choreographer and that that little musical sequence was actually, like, not bad. It was nice. It was fine, but it wasn't funny. No, it wasn't funny. It wasn't relevant whatsoever. But I was like, (laughs) well done. You hired a semi-competent choreographer. Good. Well done. I can give you props for that. That's it. And it made me miss flip phones, but I don't think that was the film's intention. I just missed flip phones. (laughs) Simpler times when we didn't have to look. Just the power of being like, bye, snap. Yeah, it's it's that and that and an actual like uh, like rotary telephone or just like a a, a (laughs) slam, like fuck you. Yeah, (laughs) I've had enough. Um, Yeah, I think (laughs) I I just think this film is deeply. That's the thing. It's not only does it not successfully work as a film, as a comedy, as a spoof of disaster movies. It is like deeply problematic with not only like its kind of humour and it's, mm-hmm. like its messaging is really like muddled and well no, it, it, it kind of like knows what it wants to do, but that thing is is toxic. Like mm-hmm. the kind of the the humour in it. And like I think that's I think I've just got loads of notes on like how like lowest common denominator the humour is like Mm -hmm. when the crystal skull because that is the MacGuffing of this movie because it's like oh Mm -hmm. what what are we going to riff on we're going to riff on a film absolutely fucking turgid and dog shit and then make that the MacGuffin of our movie because it's it's in the zeitgeist which I had also completely forgotten about because they only mentioned it once in the first five minutes of the film and then made us sit through an hour and a half of utter unrelated nonsense and then brought it back in the last two seconds. Pulled out of a character's vagina, which is like, yeah. really? Is that is that like, is that where we're going? With, and what like ah, uh, continuity sake as well. People are like injured in this film and nobody shows any signs of it. And I'm not sure whether that's done for like comic effect or like in this no it's just they film everything out of order and they just give the poor editors they just throw it at them like put this in some sequential order but it's like yeah the 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 uh is amy like gets impaled by like an egyptian statue they pull the like the spear out of her she stands (laughs) up and is immediately there is no sign of a wound it's it's just it's just like it's the thing. I know I shouldn't you know, be picking holes in the logic of this film, but it just no, but it reminds me of um when you used to play in the playground and you used to like make up stories and everyone used to just go, Oh, I'm gonna be Batman and someone would be like, I'm gonna be Indiana Jones and someone else, you know, and they just everyone picks whatever they want and there's no 
sense of story. There's no one person deciding the story. Everyone just goes and does their things and they go, yeah. And then I was saved by this. And there's no actual consequence. There's no running thread because it's just children having playtime and using their imaginations. This is what happens, as you say, if those children turn into adults and then they're never told no. <laughs> they go into board meetings and go, and then this happened. And then we should get that person because people hate her and laugh at her. And then we should get that person because, you know, he's not white and we should get that person because you know they're not straight and it's just like it's just crazy and the worst the worst bit of the film that does that is the party scene because yeah. it was one of those things where I know this style of film where it will have the the, the the tiniest crumb of a of a narrative thread but then it will go sort of like avenue here but back avenue off here and back but it doesn't even do that it goes path avenue avenue uh bridge over the other side of the water like it'll go off on so many tangents it ends up winding itself back on itself and then you're like what am I watching is this a YouTube video that just keeps playing the next thing automatically mm-hmm. because well, I don't even know what I'm watching advert. anymore there were like yeah. multiple adverts adverts and it's like are adverts funny now yeah well, the... yeah there was an advert wasn't there it was the phone advert and stuff and then a forehead one as well yeah well, oh there... yeah the Th- there's that there's that wrestling sequence in this film between mm-hmm. Carmen oh, Electra yeah. and Kim Kardashian, and again, like to go back to the DVD special features, there is like a kind of behind the scenes breakdown of that. Of course, and there was. Even the that want. is that is made like re- like in a really sexist manner of just kind of being like. Oh, these are the costumes they were, and they're really skimpy and tight. And like, it's kind of like you can tell, like the feed questions they got. It's like, yeah. oh, like, like how raw, like how raunchy was it been with like Carmen Electra and stuff. And like from watching those special features as well, I, like my heart breaks for Carmen Electra because like she reveals like a a thing where she's like, yeah, I've got I've, I've got this like sense of humor about myself and like. I, I've been spoofed before, and I'd like, I like, I've, 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 I've been spoofing myself and stuff like that. And it very much felt like a kind of, if you can't beat them, join them attitude, yeah, as opposed yeah. to like, it's kind of like every. Do you know what I mean? It's like it, it made me feel like somebody who's like bullied on the playground of being like, yeah. hey, I'm gonna become like wacky and like kind of make a tit of myself because it's like if I'm doing it, then like whatever you no do, it, yeah, no one else can. And it's like. I just kind of in that moment, like wanted to be like, you can put on some comfortable clothes, Carmen, and like let's just have a <laughs> cup of tea and a little chat. Like it feels yeah. like, yeah, Aaron and Josh have, have, have done you dirty for too long. Let's just let's just let, 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 let's just let's just get a regular job, shall we? Let's just let, let's <laughs> like leave, leave this leave this movie business behind because like they're, they're, they're toxic bad people, and you don't need this. It's really interesting to hear your side of it, actually, because I think I have all I agree with everything you've said and you've said it so succinctly, but I just don't have anything left to say about it anymore because we've said it every single time. But it's really I I like to hear it from from other people's perspective. I like to hear that's why we do the podcast and having different kinds of people watch different kinds of things. And it's nice to hear from a man's perspective that that's really obvious as well, because Mm. obviously I think I would I would. I was just thinking when we were chatting about something else earlier about, you know, the uh, just always pointing fun at the person who is not the quote unquote norm. What, you know, all of these audiences going to see them with their mates, like teenagers, adults, 20 year olds, whatever, whatever. 
big group of mates there's you're not all going to be white there's always going to be someone that's slightly different and you'd like to think there's more than one person that's not white in a group of Mm. friends but you know how would those kids and teenagers and people feel when they're out with their mates and they're all laughing at something that's at your expense and like Mm. how much damaging that can be to those people in like those formative years and these people like who are fully grown adults making money off of this shit that's ruining people who that uh, is adding to the culture of like um obviously taking the piss and laughing at uh women specifically who are having a really hard time it actually getting them in on the film themselves in the case of Carmen Electra like you said and taking the piss out of them or basically just adding to the hatred and sort of like just nasty humor that's already rife on on playgrounds and communities and whatever and saying this is okay because we're putting it on the big screen so laugh away this is what you should you know we're we're telling you this is funny because the thing is there'll be a lot of people that won't think it's funny and then they're told that it is and then they go oh right okay well, well, I I started I started thinking about like obviously I would have been seventeen when this came out, and I haven't always been like a kind of progressive left like do you know what I mean lefty <laughs> fucking woke snowflake, and like I was a <laughs> I was a dumb teenage boy. Do you know what I mean? Like not saying that I was deeply problematic in any way, but like do you know what I mean? Like there are things that I would have laughed at back then that I wouldn't laugh at now. Yeah, and I like watching this film. I was like going. Don't even, I even think at that age, like, do you know what I mean? Like 17, mm. I, I definitely knew better at that point. Like, and mm. it really put it in perspective, like, with me, like, going, I, I don't know. I saw a friend of mine, like, this time last year, or maybe, like, no, not this time last year, because we weren't allowed to see friends, <laughs> unless you're in the government. Uh, but, like, <laughs> it might have been earlier this year. Um, I saw I saw a friend and like he quoted Bo Selector and like it just like I got wow. sad because I was like <laughs> I was like oh you're still there do you know what I mean like yeah. and it's like I, I I kind of worry for the people who like watch this now especially of like I, I, I imagine we're like all of a similar age like kind of like yeah like. Uh, uh, early 30s or whatever. But Daisy's like, still in her 20s. Yeah. Glare at Daisy. <laughs> Daisy's 20s. Let me join the club. Yeah, but it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 kind of, I kind of went for that. I don't want to offend anyone. But like, either way, like, no, not any, anyone who kind of like watches this film who's of like a similar age and like enjoys it still, I'll be like, oh, you give me the ick. Like I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna step away right now because, like, me, like, oh, you know they have like a ton of burner accounts with like just to troll the shit out of celebrities. <laughs> well, yeah, it's not even just that. It's just like laughing at the kind of like reveal of like Flavor Flav being in the bed, and then like just oh, as the kind of I just don't understand it. The, like, the top, oh. the, the topper on the joke being like, and look. There's a dwarf in the bed. And it's like, mm-hmm. isn't that funny? It's like, oh, 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 do you know what I mean? Oh, 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 dwarf's funny. It's like, well, I don't know. No, if, they're if, people. Yeah. <laughs> like... if, if they're Warwick if Davis and life is short and he's like got a comedy script, then yeah, they're funny. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If it's, if it's uh, I don't know, uh, 
Uh, What's his face from Game of Thrones? Yeah, if he's cracking wise, if Tyrion Lannister's cracking wise, fine. Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. But if Peter Dinklage is in Serrano and he's being Mm -hmm. romantic and heartfelt, then a dwarf is dead. An actor has dwarfism, is romantic and heartfelt. So, like, just the sight of a dwarf shouldn't be. That feels like it's a problematic thing. The sight of a dwarf is that is that a problematic thing to say? But like, the, but the, I know exactly what yeah. you mean. Yeah, the sight of someone. You're explaining with that that's the joke. That's why it sounds problematic, Petros. Is because, because that's what they what think their is joke the joke. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they go, oh, <laughs> like, look at this person who's different to you. Isn't that funny? Yeah. And it's like, cue laugh. That, that should yeah. be the tagline for this yeah. film. <laughs> yeah. What, what is the tagline? The, the, I, I did see the tagline for this film, uh, and it, it's deeply unfunny. Uh, Your favourite movies are going to be destroyed? Oh, boy. Funny how they can't even... Yeah, I, I find that hard to believe, given that you, you've you've done it, so actually probably no one has seen the films that you're parodying yet because you've based it on their trailer. <laughs> Well, yeah, like, so the lit, like, do you guys go through the list of films that, like, I've got a list of the stuff that they have parodied. If you want me to quickly rattle through, you can go for it. (laughs) No, no, don't make me relive it. Um, so apparently, I feel like if you want to, if you want to jump in on this one, I think it's a, a good point to the main plot is a parody of Cloverfield, apparently. There are, it's nothing like this. (laughs) <laughs> there are, there are like, the only similarity is that film starts off at a party. A party. And, and then yeah. they have to, like, leave because of a a, a, a kaiju has, like, attacking New yeah. York, basically. But, like, yeah, it's nothing like it. Um, it's found footage. It literally, as Petra said, it's literally the only similarity is they, there's, there's awareness of something going wrong at a party. Fine. If you want to call that a parody, then maybe we need to revise the definition of that. <laughs> um, also, we've got Twister, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of Crystal Skull, 10,000 BC. Sorry, it's a parody. Oh, my God. No, ignore. I was like, it's a parody of Twister the Board Game, but you mean Twister the Film, but because yeah. they play <laughs> Twister the Board Game in the thing. I was like, they were fucking parodying it. They were just playing it. Sorry. Oh my, they, my brain has even... melted. That's amazing. Doesn't the brain do wonderful things sometimes by accident? Like I wouldn't. I I actually am jealous that your brain made that connection because mine didn't. <laughs> anyway, right. Well, this is whatever I say is not going to be half as funny now. <laughs> Sorry. Um, American Gladiators, My Super Sweet Sixteen, Juno, Enchanted, High School Musical, Alvin and the Chipmunks, Kung Fu Panda, The Dark Knight. Incredible Hulk, Step Up to the Streets, Iron Man, Hellboy 2, Sex and City, Hancock, Superbad, Night in the Museum, The Love Guru, Hannah Montana, Beowulf, Speed Racer, Brokeback Mountain, I Am Legend, The Day After Tomorrow, Jumper, No Country for Old Men, Wanted, Chronicles of Narnia, and Get Smart. Also, Real Life People, Miley Cyrus, Amy Winehouse, Michael Jackson, Flavor Flav, Dr. Phil, Jonas Brothers, Jessica Simpson, Sarah Silverman, Matt Damon, and Justin Timberlake. I'm exhausted just listening to that, which can explain just to anyone relived... who's not seen the film how absolutely exhausting it was to try and watch. Uh, yeah, like the whole, I've always find like the, obviously now, like Michael Jackson, but even then Michael Jackson kind of like being referenced in mm. anything was like quite, quite thing. But again, it's real low hanging fruit, right? It's yeah. just that oh, thing yeah. like, we, and it's, I don't know. It, it doesn't even hang it's on the floor. Yeah. 
fruit that has fallen off the tree. It's been Rolling trampled around on. in the puddings. <laughs> well, look, because obviously in the, in the real life people, it has uh, Sarah Silverman and Matt Damon. And that is a ve- that is a reference to a very niche, like kind of um, yeah. Jimmy Kimmel sketch that happened, yeah. like this same year. That unless, like, kind of you do some digging, like watching it in twenty twenty one, you would have. I'm not no sure idea. how I knew about it because I was only fourteen when this came out, but it so, must have been. It must have come up at some point between. It happening and now it, it that song I've seen it on YouTube. Like yeah, I know what it is. Petros sent me the link and I was like, oh my god! The minute I heard it, my brain was like, oh, I do know this. Yeah, but it was so irrelevant at the time that I must have heard it in that my brain instantly forgot about it. Yeah, and the riff on it in the film is so lame that the, even the film didn't jog my memory of it. I was just like, oh, for that sake, because they, it was over. Just, they Why don't is do this... anything? Yeah, with the stuff they go yeah. right. Okay. Here's a list. They basically write that list of things, yeah, and then they go, and then let's like do the bare minimum of recreating it for mm-hmm. a few scenes too long, <laughs> yeah, and not add anything. It's like it's just like people doing, you like, you know, when you were kids and you, like I said, in playground you pretend like I, I said, oh, I really want us to do a copy of High School Musical like in the playground. Like no one wants to pay to see that. It's just <laughs> us having fun. Like that's what no one wants to go to the cinema to see that because they could just go and watch the actual. But thing. apparently, people do. I I I'd like to interview these people. I said this on another podcast recently whilst talking about uh, a film plot. Oh, it was on my my podcast about Fifty Shades Darker. Like this <laughs> film feels like it is like written like a game of consequence. You remember that game where it's like, and then right. this happens, and then somebody yeah, yeah, jumps yeah, yeah, yeah. on because like. Again, stuff happens, and like it just that I don't know. It is this thing of, and like looking through that list of films as well that it parodies. It's like I kind of go through it and go, oh, what has what has kind of stood the test of time? Mm-hmm. It's like, like you look at something like Love Guru, which is like, oh, that's a deeply problematic film in its own right. Which, like, some people could argue in its own case is somewhat a parody. Like Jeremy, We may like, be covering it at some point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's on the list, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, what, what, a, what, what a full circle. And, like... What a treat to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. But then, obviously, like, some of them, it just is a game of proximity, right? Like, in regards mm. to when the film came out. So it's like Iron Man is only in this film because Iron Man came out in And think about the wanted thing as well with the bending the bullet. Like, that's just... Why it went on for so long? What just because you people know that trailer because of the bending the bullet thing? Daisy and they want to go see the funny. film. Oh right, shooting, shooting Carmen Electra in the face. <laughs> to, to a point that was made like ages ago. So I hope I hope you're keeping up, listeners. Um, it's like <laughs> a show that like does parody really well is people just do nothing because they oh, clearly love like the culture that they are able yeah. and know the kind of intrinsic small details of that culture yeah. that like whether you're kind of like you're involved in like kind of uh, garage music or kind of like urban culture for a better term mm. like you, you like or not you will kind of pick up mm. on those things but I, I you'll recognize people, things yeah so you i know knew people, people like, like that, that yeah. and it's kind of like yeah, like they they get it. Whereas these guys, it's clear. Like 
The Dark Knight came out a month before this film. So there is no way they could have seen anything from that. And that's why the kind of reference to Batman is not aping anything or taking the piss out of anything that happens in that film. It's just, it's just literally going, here's, here's Batman. We're going to try and do something vaguely funny. And we're going to, we're going to make a reference to like, I don't know, like him firing his uh, bat grappling hook, which is like, if anything, it's, it's, it's the 1960s uh, series. So that's, that's not the Christopher Nolan dark kind of broody version <laughs> of the films. It's like, take the piss out of that. Like, that's the thing. It's like, with that, it's like the Batman Begins exists. So take the piss out of like the kind of like, I don't know. Yeah, look at the way yeah. that they take the piss out of Batman in the Lego Batman or the, or the Lego. Yeah. Movie. And it's yeah, like that right. thing of yeah. just making like super serious and make like, that's, they don't, I don't think these guys, like you said, Daisy. They right? don't know the source material. They don't like it's films. Like, I don't know if it's... And they don't. They, I just don't think they they have. They like any... people's money. Yeah. I, I think the best example of where they should be and where they're not is Family Guy. And I know a lot of people don't like Family Guy. I am actually still a fan of Family Guy. I still watch it. Family Guy has done some real problematic shit over the years. Family Guy have done some real funny shit over the years. And Family Guy have taken jokes way too far and way too long over the years. But on a base level, Family Guy is usually funny. And on a base level, Family Guy does understand what it's joking about. Batman Mm. specifically, they've done so many Batman jokes, which might make me think of it. But like Family Guy, whether you like their humour or not, or like how they go about it, they know their source material and they make... And you can tell that what's his name Seth MacFarlane Mm -hmm. he loves the media and he does genuinely seem to like a lot of what he's riffing on like his show the Orville if you are a Star Trek fan and you have not watched the Orville go and give it a go it's a complete parody of Star Trek but it's done really brilliantly yes Um, being from love and from complete disinterest or hate when you were talking it reminds me of do you know what I'm imagining and it's always sunny set up where Dennis is at the whiteboard and he's like right right so what do we know about Batman? And Charlie just goes, bat hooks. <laughs> that is literally the kind of brainstorm I imagine where these yeah. horrid people who know nothing about something want to get advantage and and take advantage of other people. And they go, right, how can we do it? We're going to put a load of references in. What do we know about it? Nothing except the stuff that we find we find funny, which is really offensive. That will be fine. Boom. It's a Ponzi scheme of a film, right? It's kind of like... Before you you know it, your bank account has been bled dry and you're kind of like penniless going like, oh, what have I got? But like, to your point, like to that point of like family guy, something that like is kind of on the edge really up to date with his satire whether you like it or hate it is is, is south park which like mm-hmm. there's an amazing documentary called six days to air which shows yeah. like their process of like they will literally like r- like write the episode and be right down to the wire and like know what they're taking the piss out of and it would be current and it will go whereas this film feels like they're just kind of going it might be like this. Let's just like let's just do it anyway. And by the time it comes out, that's the thing. That it is a Ponzi scheme because it's like by the time it comes out, we would have like fucking got out of town, like in our in our in our Trans Am, like 
boot full of money, and like by the time someone comes knocking on our door, they'll be like, "Those guys, they don't live here anymore." Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, they're, 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 they left this as soon as like you they they wrapped on the film as soon as the film was like kind of handed over to the studio, like. Yeah. And yet they managed to release two of these films in the same year. Because they make money because they did yeah. they put all of this they own all they do is watch trailers. They don't watch movies, they just watch trailers. So their film is like a giant trailer for a film that never happens. So it <gasps> makes a really good trailer for you to watch in the cinema, so then people spend their money. Because as You're we said right. before, people were never paying to see the movie, people were paying to see what they liked in the trailer. And yeah. very few people, even if people hate a film, not many people actually walk out of films and definitely not many people ask for their money back. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. As somebody who worked in a cinema, that is that is, that, that is very true. And it's... Uh, yeah. It, 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 like, what what I found as a weird, like, um, I don't know, curio about this is what, especially watching the DVD, is it came with trailers and ads on the beginning of the DVD. So very much felt like a time capsule of 2008. Yeah. I love a, that. I there was a trailer it. for Eagle, which I'm not sure if you remember, was like a... Oh, is that like a little animation? Yeah, yeah like, like an animated yeah, animation. film about Eagle, which I thought, that's a bit weird. And then the other one, like in keeping with this, was for superhero movie, which stars... Oh. Is it... Uh, not One of Drake or Josh, the... the, the the uh, one who du- the one who Bell. didn't have a glow yeah the, yeah 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 the one who Drake Bell yeah yeah the one who didn't have a glow up that's Josh right who yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Did, Drake did Bell Drake... is potentially a paedophile so yeah didn't he get arrested for paedophilia or something quite yeah. recently oh yeah. well he stars in that which is like uh, <laughs> a a just a straight up like rip off like aping yeah. uh spy like Spider Man but he's like what is it like something like hornet man or something or dragonfly mm. man or something like that but then like you watch that and then the trailer it's got like leslie nielsen that's the thing they've got no like kind of like mm-hmm. is it like legendary like do you know what I mean like spoof actor yeah. or, you look at scary movie and it's matt like, lanter was gonna be the legendary matt lanter had a whole <laughs> career ahead of him they let him down <laughs> they're, they're kind of, had all of that 90210 cw money to fall back on their legacy like actor in this is carmen electra which like yeah. kind of like shows you the do you know what I mean like the caliber of this yeah. film it's like, the hilarious thing is that the most the most famous out of all of them now is kim kardashian yeah oh yeah yeah she, she, you know, <laughs> She, she. I'm sure. I'm sure she's probably like buried the fact if she could. I know. She. Yeah. She spoke about it in 2017 and said that she doesn't like to watch it. That was the last time she spoke about it that I could find. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Wikipedia. Again, it was cited on Wikipedia. So. And then, so, so go on Wikipedia and find it because we're I'm, not telling so, you it. It's number 30 <laughs> in the citations list. Number 30. I know that G Fang said that like. She was like uncomfortable, didn't know how to kiss for a kissing scene oh, yeah, and stuff like I that. that. Which again, like from watching the DVD extras, they do this weird faux like, like they didn't get on on set, and it's like it makes me like all of you even less. A lot less. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, mm. are you trying? Like e- even when like the camera is supposed to be off, you're still on. And it's like just mm-hmm. fucking chill out, guys. It make it makes it sound like, which I'm not surprised at. It was a massive boys' club. 
they mm-hmm. the girl, the girls are kind of a bit like okay we can take the piss out of ourselves and have fun too like we just have to have tougher skin to deal with it when they're clearly all uncomfortable not all of them but they're clearly uncomfortable and like I don't know how the women feel about like the sexism in it like mm-hmm. they're partaking in the film like one of the one of the actresses went ham like piss taking Amy Winehouse like Mm. she's part of the problem but yeah just from a from the sense of maybe the less comedic of the actresses um there clearly was a sense of discomfort there on mm-hmm. set of okay I kind of just have to go along with this and smile so but, that it's I mean isn't that the whole history experience. of women in Hollywood over the last 40 years yeah maybe <laughs> it's starting to that. ring a bell um we spoke briefly about sort of like uh, box office and like how this was sort of um received like the reception of it um i don't know if you um you guys had any um reviews i know claire you mentioned letterbox don't know if you have any reviews you wanted to share that you so yeah i i just looked up as i said earlier when it came out so it came out on the 5th of september 2008 in the uk and it debuted at number five so um maybe the uk viewers had a bit of taste debuting um at number three was the duchess starring kira knightley which i've forgotten even existed at number two was mamma mia which is what i was watching at the cinema and <laughs> number one was Guy Ritchie's Rock and Roller which again oh, never seen but yeah they all came in ahead of it so that's interesting I was I'm at just looking nice at school. I was just looking at the same list actually it's interesting that um but it's number five number seven and number eight and number nine Dark Knight Hellboy 2 and Get Smart are all cited as par- as being parodied, parodied in this exact film there and you go. I can confirm that that's obviously we're talking about week one of disaster movie this was week seven of the dark knight week three of hellboy two and week three of get smart but that's only in the uk yeah so i mean they're still my point is that they're all very close together and that's just how they operate so on to reviews um Mm -hmm. uh, one of the only i think there are two credited positive reviews ever written officially by like um proper as we say in you know air quotes uh reviewers um and one of them was by J- jim shrimbury from the age which is an australian newspaper or magazine and um, and he just kind of said um this film contains the funniest juno spoof yet a dumb dumb film to be sure but also undeniably funny in more spots than a right thinking mature adult person feels comfortable admitting so he's basically saying that if you don't find it funny you're lying <laughs> and um jim i'm sorry but i don't know what you, i don't know yeah he's basically saying know. like if you if if you don't find if you don't find people who are different funny. that's just yeah, that's yeah, just yeah. a classic that's just a classic like racist family member going i was joking it's just a yeah. joke yeah. Oh, and within the review he's also like <laughs> Nicole Partner, who spiced up Meet the Spartans, does so again here with hilarious turns as Amy Winehouse, Jessica Simpson, and the Daffy Princess well, they from Enchanted. Was he dating her? <laughs> so um, he likes the film. Everyone else really, really hated it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great. I just did a big thumbs up. Um, do you have any of the hate ones? See it. Do you have any of the hated ones, Daisy? Because I can oh, rattle you off if you don't. I do. You go. Um, I I quite. Do you know what I quite like doing when we research these films? Is there's a section on IMDb for critic reviews, um, specifically for their meta score, 
and you can see very, very clearly. I personally, I also love, love to do it on Letterbox. If I watch the film, I look at the highest rated reviews and the lowest rated reviews um, mm-hmm. for a laugh. Um, and um, I can confirm that the highest, um, so the average is a 15 meta score which is bright red, um, as you can imagine. Um, the highest that it's got is from Entertainment Weekly. had a 58. Owen um, Gleiberman, the movie is merciless sending up Juno's self-satisfied hipster gobbledygook. And it's quite funny to see Hannah Montana still promoting her tie-in products as she lies crushed and dying under a meteor. Now, that's a quote for the review. That's not really a summary of what they're saying. So I think that was probably the most <laughs> positive of the thing that they did say. However, right at the bottom, we've got a tasty, tasty zero from oh. LA Weekly. Um, no credited uh, journalist, but it, sa- it states, this carpet-fouling mongrel of a movie no more deserves release than do anthrax spores. Oh, God. <laughs> See, now, you should other... say that that's ruthless, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I the... agree. Other one I liked was from a Michael Compton from the Bowling Green Daily News, um, which sounds like a nice place. A regular uh, read of mine. <laughs> he said, nothing more than a 90-minute barrage of unfunny jokes without the hindrance of a pesky plot or character development to get in the way. And that is the top kind <laughs> of review on Rotten Tomatoes. And it deserves to be there because that is the most accurate summation of this film. There's some really, really funny ones as well, actually. Um, we And the point of this podcast, right, which we've always said, is not to trash films that have been trashed already. We're genuinely looking at these films going, are they are they really that bad? Like, why are they made? How has this happened? But I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to not laugh at this from the Boston Globe. Quote, the filmmakers are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, seeing as this is the bottom 100 of IMDb, I've looked for a review on IMDb that gives this a 10 out of 10. And this is from Film Buff 0409. And it says... Aaron Aaron Spielberg. (laughs) 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 Uh, And it it, it says, don't listen to the bad reviews. The only people writing them are people this movie is not targeted for. Those wanting something... uh, Those wanting some serious movie with a firm plot need to get lost because that's obviously not what this is. Like, really? If you don't like spoof movies, then just don't watch them. Common sense, huh? I thought this was pretty funny. Leave your brain at the doorstep and go into this to just have fun. Unless you're a prude just wanting something to hate. So I wonder if that gentleman has then moved over and got themselves a Letterboxd account because it reminds me of my favourite Letterboxd review, ah. which is <laughs> stars from Japheth, which we speak about this a lot. We do wonder if these are just like high quality trolling. Mm-hmm. Um, this person is a patron of Letterboxd, so clearly they must enjoy films. Um a glowing gem, for, a glowing oh. review for this film is way overdue on this site or on the entire internet. A movie so severely misunderstood upon its release and still doesn't have the love it deserves. It makes me sink, sick to think that this is often called the worst movie ever. Yet pretentious bullshit like Taxi Driver and Mulholland Driver considered fine art. What sheep! And then it goes on <laughs> for another seven paragraphs. What? Yeah. Yeah, see, I had another one here that, like, I'm not going to read out because it's clearly, like, somebody somebody wants to go viral as being like, hey, it's the the guy who does really witty 
like good mm-hmm. reviews for bad movies. <laughs> like that, there's that letterbox reviewer who's like, I'm going to review films all in lowercase with no punctuation. Mm. Whoa! <laughs> and I've got millions of followers. What I will say, I just quickly looked at that review that I just read out, and they have lots of comments, and it's all about people like, like, oh, troll, ha, ha, ha. But one person has, and I appreciate the comment, I like how this troll is funnier than all of Freeberg and Celsius movies combined. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, it's not wrong. We have actually got a really good bit of news, Claire, though. Um, This film officially is rated worse on Rotten Tomatoes than the Flintstones. I know, finally! <laughs> we finally got one! We got one! We got one! Got one. <laughs> it's, it's, 1%. Wonderful. Well, it's the audience score that's the issue normally. It's not the critic score, it's the audience score. Oh, of course, score. sorry. Yeah, but, but it is still, still lower. lower. 21%. It is still low. Oh, that. But it's barely that lower. Makes barely lower. Up. I think the Flintstones oh. is 24 or 28. That's 21. Have to look this is 21. That's like, that's pretty, that's low, right? I don't know. Like, people are idiots, though, right? Like, a lot of people, <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. No, but but, we've, um, we've come to that conclusion, Petros, because um, Claire the Flintstones. Basically... Is only 3% higher, according to audiences. It's our baseline now. Um, our yeah. very first episode was Flintstones uh, in Viva Rock Vegas, and we were comparing the Rotten Tomato scores, and now it's a running thing because, as you say, people are idiots, and most of the films that we are watching ha- are worse rated, end up having a higher audience Rotten Tomato score than the Flintstones in 1984. And like, I've been up front. I know not everyone loves the Flintstones. Like, sure. I love the Flintstones. A, I'm totally a, fine with that. Decent but they, yeah. There shouldn't be a comparison here. No. Different leagues we're talking about. Different leagues. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, I'm fine. Even if we could get the Flintstones to a 50%, I could cope. Like, why is it it almost the same score as Disaster Movie? (laughs) It's very upsetting. Very upsetting. Yeah. But we have our win. We have our win. Yep. So one last Letterboxd review comes from just a simple guy called Tom. And gave the film half a star. His simple comment is, "If Comic Sans was a film, mm. oh, oh, that, that, can't that, argue that, with that, really." That, yeah, but that besmirches Comic Sans. I remember Comic Sans. Film, <laughs> yeah. I, I, right. it, it, it does, and I, I remember in defense like, of Comic Sans. Well, Never I, in my I, life thought I'd agree with that, but I, anyway. I remember <laughs> slagging off Comic Sans, and somebody like turned around to me and like, oh, it's, it's really good for like." Like I think it's people with like ADHD or oh, it's really good for people with dyslexia as well. It's oh, all dyslexia. about no, the way that no, A's are written. Like absolute dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. I actually say, oh, they look like they're reduced comics. Oh, Daisy. <laughs> but I mean it like mums that post minion memes on Facebook. That's but it's what really I mean. good. It's all so if you're ever looking for a font that's the most accessible and readable, you have to look at the A. And if it has the little extra thing on the top, it's really difficult for people with dyslexia and visual impairments to read because it's like extra lines. Bubble. Yeah, so it needs to just be without the little, like, hat. I like my A's with a hat. <laughs> anyway, um, it wouldn't be an episode of uh, W-Rated if our film that we're talking about wasn't nominated for Razzies. <laughs> so, um, Disaster Movie got... Uh, 
I was going to call it disaster film then. I was like, oh, I'm adding a bit of dramatic value to this. it. <laughs> yeah. If Martin Scorsese directed this, it would be called disaster film. Um, it had six nominations to the Razzies. It got nominated for Worst Director um, alongside, but also for Meet the Spartans, it was Freeberg and Seltzer. Um, and then it got also nominated for... Uh, Worst Picture, again, alongside uh, Meet the Spartans. Love Guru won that one. Um, again, nominated for Worst Prequel, Remake, Ripoff or Sequel, losing to Indiana Jones and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Worst Screenplay, nominated Lost to Love Guru. Carmen Electra and Kim Kardashian West, uh, nominated but lost to Paris Hilton for Repo, the Genetic Opera, which I've never seen, but every time I see the trailer for it on my Saw DVD, I'm like, I need to watch this. What is this? It looks crazy. I don't know if anyone else has seen the trailer. I've never seen it, but I do. I do like a musical. Yeah, it's weird. It's like if Saw was a musical. Uh Anyway, I digress. (laughs) Um. So yeah, I think we can kind of summarize that we didn't like this film. However, would we like to summarize with a star rating? (laughs) Would anyone like to go first? I know what mine is. Yeah. So I will give it a star. One star. Just one. Um, Mm -hmm. and I'm in a bit of an odd place because we often also say do we think it deserves to be on the list Mm -hmm. and I 100% yes that this this is a list that this film belongs in but I don't know if I believe it deserves to be number one yeah I can see what you mean I can see what you mean because it, it it happens and I didn't enjoy it but it's still like fine fine but i think that's a subliminal because i liked it less as we've spoken than i I didn't find it as bad when we're watching it and i think it is because i was like oh i've seen so many films that are more offensive but it's the subliminal offensiveness that you kind of there's so much of it that you just forget that that's it just becomes lived in um and then also as we've quite rightly said they forgot to write a plot it doesn't really mm. ever it's not a film it's not a film i'm also thinking maybe my one star is too high and maybe i need to go half a star um mm-hmm. so yeah i'm a bit confused on my take on this one this because... is why we do these things to confuse ourselves even more yeah. about the about how, how to rate these things because it's like enjoyment versus technicality my, i'm straight up half a star because it doesn't have mm-hmm. a plot and mm-hmm. whatever it sets out to do is purely hate hatred and vicious and lazy and etc but i also do agree with you that i definitely don't think this is probably the worst film ever made um Mm. in terms of technicality of it um except they forgot to make it a film well yeah that's the thing it's like it's still i think in our age where we like sort of consume so much content Mm -hmm. it it feels more at home with like tiktoks and how you consume that sort of content like we said it's a meme it's an extended meme it's a fine yeah. compilation, just not funny. So it's like, okay, it works on some levels, just not this level. So I definitely think there's worse made films. The main reason I don't think it should be number one is because I think it's pretty much just as bad as all the other parodies we've done yeah, so far. So why was... this one specifically, I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. What about you, Petros? Uh, what well, I always find, like, because obviously this is ba- like the, the bottom rated would be off of, uh, like user ratings on IMDb, right? So I mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and they have to have had so a certain amount of views as well. So I, I I think there is an element of like when was IMDb at its most popular, and I imagine mm. two thousand and eight would have mm, been its most right. popular. Mm-hmm. 
Do you know what I mean? And it's like, there yeah. are far worse films made by far more repugnant people out there. Like, do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, there, there's, there, there are filmmakers like Yui Bowl, who I imagine crops up on this list, uh, this bottom 100, maybe a lot. once. Yeah, or, yeah a, a few times. He actually like, won the worst director for the year that they were nominated for. I also think there is an element of accessibility because this film of all of the films on the list would be one that most people would see because it would have been at all megaplexes. It's always on Amazon. It's always really available. These parody films make money and they get seen by a lot Mm -hmm. of people and they were heavily promoted when they were released in the cinema. So I think it's probably even just a sheer numbers game. Yeah, it's like more reviews, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Looking at Nicolas Cage, like The Wicker Man features on the bottom 100 list and it's by far not one of the worst Nicolas Cage films but I think that is a film that like maybe wrongfully like it's just it, it that is a film that is fun to hate do you know what I mean like people yeah. go, like, do you know what I mean like they kind of get swept up in that whole thing of like Nick Cage is a meme like it's fun to go like oh it's fucking shit like and it's but like there's far worse like less competently made films than that one yeah Whereas, like, I don't know, I think, yeah, this this film, if you kind of break it down to its core elements, acting, kind of production design, direction, like, lighting, like, all of the kind of, like, key heads of department, what failed on kind of all, all marks, really. It looks shit. The messaging shit, the kind of, like, the, the plotting shit, the script is shit, the direction shit, the acting is mm-hmm. shit. What's left? <laughs> the dance numbers. The dance numbers weren't shit. They weren't great, but they weren't shit. Yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah, yeah and like... that's the thing. It, it, like, they they did a passable take on the, like, Sweet 16 title sequence. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, so someone in the graphic, the graphic, <laughs> the, the graphic design department. A little shout really, out. To... Yeah, did, 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 a real, did a real bang up job. But, like, I don't, I, in my heart of hearts, can't give this anything more than like, I, I don't do half stars just because it's like I don't mm-hmm. know, like for me it's, it's a coward's game. Do you know what I mean? It's like, a, <laughs> it's like have conviction, have conviction. But like, I can't give this more than a one. But like this is a very low one. Do you know what I mean? This is like almost like it's a zero point five. Yeah, but it's almost like now. It's more the fact that it's it's close to a zero, like mm. in the fact that like this, there's nothing enriching about this. Like even like a film like mm. The Room, it is like incompetently made, but You've there is a lot of fucking. There's a yeah. lot of enjoyment in that. You, know you I mean? hit like... the nail on the head because for me, it's it's in, it's interesting, and we had this debate a little bit about Human Centipede Two, where I where I basically had a higher rating back in the day of it because I think as a film made, like in terms of the the craft, I really respected it. Didn't like the subject matter, had problems with it, blah blah blah. With this, it's not. <laughs> It's not incompetently made in, in, in comparison to some other films I've seen. Like, I would say in some ways The Room is a lot more incompetently made. <laughs> but also it's just pure laziness more than anything. I, it, it, for me, it's the fact that they could have done better. They could yeah. have majorly done better if they'd have tried. And it's more just the, the, 
the lack of, and as I said at the top of the episode, like it's the lack of like connection I had to any of it. And I had no enjoyment. I have been watching Hallmark slash Netflix Christmas films since the start of December. And I've unashamedly given them high star ratings because I've gone in wanting exactly that. Yeah, And they've yeah. had really low expectations and they've not been greatly made films. Some of them I'm like, was that dubbed? That doesn't look like the words were matching their mouth and all of this shit. But I had fun. I had fun with it. So I enjoyed the actual film. This, sure, it, it you've shot you've shot it on camera and you've kept it steady and it, it you've cut things like you've do, you've made a film sure that's a film full stop fine but any connection and emotion and entertainment is completely void which makes it worse than something like the room which has got something there to connect with so yeah well it's, it's that thing like it's, a, it's like a great like another it's got no soul yeah it's like in, in in music it's sometimes better to watch somebody who can play three chords and kind of like do you know what I mean like just thrash their way through a song and it's kind of it's exciting it might not be the thing you're into it's like a kind of like thrashy punk band it's like yeah. well at least they've got conviction at what they're doing whereas this is like paint by numbers and kind of like what's going to get the most bums on seats and it's very clinical and like yeah as we've kind of said throughout this these guys don't actually have a passion for filmmaking no. they just no. have this passion for like do you know what I mean the Benjamin taking the piss of... out of things? Yeah, and like being like, "Oh, us two find this funny. Fuck the rest of the world." Oh my god, and they turn kind of... banter into a film career, <laughs> <laughs> locker, locker room talk into a film. Yeah. But it's like it's 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 the personification of well, it's not personification because. I'm personifying people. The kind of person <laughs> that laughs at people enjoying things. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a film version of laughing at people who enjoy things, saying, "Ha, mm. you like Hannah Montana? We're going to take the piss out of her." I like Hannah Montana. If you made a funny joke, I would have laughed my head off. Yeah, well, yeah. Even down to the fact it's like, "Ha, you like? You're a man. You, you like to sleep with other men. We're going to take. We're going to take a piss out of And it's like. Well, that is a perfectly valid way to live your life, guys. Like, leave, like, leave. Yeah, who hurt you? <laughs> Half the time, it's just you're a woman. Full yeah, stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, yeah, uh, to, to go back to it, there is a bit in this film where, like, I think the reception is bad on a phone, and the lead character goes from being like, I love you, to you oh, inconsiderate yeah. bitch in, like, yep. no time whatsoever, which is like, that just feels venomous. I've had a bottle of uh, Prosecco, guys, and my, my words aren't <laughs> coming out the way they should be. So I think it's fair to say we're, we're, we're not saving this from no. the bottom 100. We, no. are, we are effectively burning this. We don't yeah. recommend anyone see it. No, Petra uh, should burn his DVD. Yeah. Better use of it. If I wasn't so much of an eco warrior worried about the plastic, it's like the Bo Burnham song. He's like, "Should I burn it? No, should I, no, should I burn it? No." no. <laughs> okay, guys, should we talk about some films that we actually do like? Because that's always yes. nice and fun at the end. So, yes, disaster movie. We talked about at the top of the episode about disaster films and their tropes. So let's do it. Let's talk about our top three. Petros, as I guess, would you like to go first and hit us with your top three? They don't have to be in any order, but your favourite disaster films. Yeah, so I guess number three would be Volcano, 
which is oh. the Tommy Lee Jones starring like volcano picture that came out at the same time as Dante's Peak. Which mm-hmm. starred that's Pierce what I was Brosnan. thinking when you said earlier about the doubles. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's this thing of like. I haven't seen it in years, but it like it's always sticks in my memory of just being there. Like there's certain scenes in it because I think it's like a lake in the middle of LA or something like that, or this town just becomes volcanic all of a sudden, oh, and it's yeah. just like absolutely fucking mental. And like, yeah, <laughs> yeah I love it. Um, there's some, there's something about it, and it's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I felt like I should have a Nick Cage film in this, but the only like disaster movies he has is Knowing and Left Behind, which, <laughs> which I've just spent three hours, hours editing our <laughs> Left Behind episode today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and neither of those uh, cut the mustard. So number two. Um, so I really thought about this, and I think this one, like, no, yeah, th- this one, like. I absolutely love. I've done an episode of it on my podcast, but like, which made me love it even more. Just like kind of mm-hmm. talking it out is Armageddon. Um, I have never seen Armageddon, oh. and I feel like oh. as a teen girl, I missed out on crying about Ben Affleck. I feel like That's I missed so like a cultural weak. moment. Oh, <laughs> the Aerosmith song. I know, I know that bitch off by heart. It as hard as how it felt. I promise, I will watch it. So I own three copies of that film. Like one of one of them <laughs> being a French uh, Criterion DVD copy of the film. Wow, wow. French Criterion. Yeah, yeah. So, so really Criterion. Ah, cinema. Uh, the, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, as as jingoistic and like kind of flag waving as that film is, and it's something like. It's that one of those films that, despite yourself, your every every ounce of your being is going like, I shouldn't be emotionally invested. Like, I can see what the <laughs> filmmaker is doing. It's Michael Bay. Like, he's really like waving that American flag. But like, when certain beats happen in it, you're like, I mm-hmm. fucking just care about this like group of people and like their mission to save the world. And I care about Ben Affleck and Ruth Tyler, and Bruce Willis. Like, uh, and you just. You just can't. There's, there's something about there's a character in it who's played by Bill Paxton, who like as as like a, a a father of a young child, like his his character is going up to space to do this mission, and like he's estranged from his son. I'm not estranged from my son in any way, but like it's this thing of like having a ex partner and a, a a a son with them, and he gives his son uh, a rocket just as like a, a little gift out of nowhere and like his 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 ex-partner see, sees the mission because obviously it's all top secret sees it on the tv and there's like that moment as well it's like i don't know i i loved i kind of loved it as a kid i loved it like growing up but like now kind of being in a semi situation that is similar to one of the characters there's like extra layers and stuff mm-hmm. like that like just like being a dad as well there's a big like father daughter yeah. thing in it and it's like oh my god <laughs> I like oh no I was literally tweeting yesterday that I can't take any more like sad father daughter films and now you guys want to make me watch <laughs> Armageddon for heaven's sake <laughs> I, I, I'm sending you one of my copies uh, it's, it's, it's in the post to Ireland as we I would like the French cinema one please oh, yeah. oh, oh, 
I guess number one, I guess this gets in on a technical... Well, no, it is, it is a disaster movie. It's, it's really new, but it's definitely a disaster movie, and it's the, the Mitchells versus the Machines, because... <gasps> Amazing. It, I toyed with whether or not I would class that as a disaster movie. I really talked myself back and forth on that one. <laughs> I, 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 I think it definitely hits the tropes of it, right? It is this kind of thing like... Uh, one, they're trying to get from point A to point B. There mm-hmm. is like the thing that stops them from getting to that and sends them on a totally new mission is this disaster. And then that that mission becomes from point A to point B to kind of induct this kill code. And it's just, again, it's this thing. I, 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 I think the thing at most of these um, disaster movies that work is family. And the kind of like mm. the impact, and it's something that this film didn't have. Like disaster movie didn't have any balls to kind of. The fact that there wasn't on. even a family in it. Yeah. It, it was baseline twenty somethings. Like no disaster movie is about baseline twenty somethings. Well, that's why the, that's what the whole target market thing is all about, isn't it? Yeah. It's like okay, we know who we're targeting to. They won't care about family. It's just like well, actually, I think like Petra, she said, you you're expecting the worst of your audience. Actually, yeah. you know, well, everyone's from a family. About their family, yeah. <laughs> like, Everyone is so somebody's dumb. child. So, like, you will remember being a kid or, like, you might yeah. be a parent yourself. And if you're watching Disaster Movie as a parent and kind of going, oh, this is my jam, you really need to rethink the fact. Like, <laughs> you know I mean? they're the kind of people you're like, should you? Should should you have unsheathed? Like, should, like <laughs> Sorry, that's, that's horrible wording. I can't but. believe that we were talking about Mitchell versus the Machines, one of the most endearing, heartfelt, wonderful films that literally makes me cry like no other film has. And you've managed to somehow talk, turn it into unsheathing. Sorry, I do apologize. <laughs> Let's get back to the Mitchells and the Machines. And, like, it is, it's just beautiful. Like, there's so much to enjoy, enjoy about that. And it, it feels like a film as well that is made by people that like enjoy the things that I enjoy. Yeah. Like, there's little nuggets in that <laughs> in that film. Like there's really quick bursts of Los Campesinos songs, which like mm-hmm. it, I guess I don't like for, for for listeners out there who aren't fans of early to mid two thousands like indie punk like probably have no knowledge of who they are but like i think it's when the title sequence comes up it's just like this jingly punk rock pop and like kind of thing it's like for fans like me it's like oh fucking mike rianda loves the same stuff i do i do i'm invested in this film and like Mm -hmm. the the way the film plays out and it's just like i think so sony animation like as much as people go on about like Disney, Pixar, and all stuff like that have really torn up the rule book and kind of shown us like, or like you guys have kind of been resting on your laurels for a bit because, yeah, it's very much Lord and Miller at Sony Pictures as well, like Sony Animation, mm-hmm. Lord and Miller who like executive produced that film 
it has their fingerprints and what they love about film and what they what makes their stories so heartfelt and um I got to go to a wonderful mm. Q&A with them I got to go and see the film and they are at Q&A afterwards um and it was part of the Empire Film Podcast an interview by Chris Hewitt so if you haven't listened to that really really do recommend it because they talk about all of those tiny touches and tiny details and about how much they love what they do and it's so lovely it's to have a pair of friends who mock <laughs> films and parody films and homage films be rather more than Lord and Miller. Yeah, be more Lord and Miller. Less Salzburg and whatever the Freeburg. <laughs> Can't more Lord and Miller. Name. Freeburg <laughs> not and worth Seltzer. remembering. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Lord and Miller. Yeah, they they I don't know they, yeah, they feel like the kind of what they've done with like Spider Verse and that, like mm. they're really like I think carving themselves out to be like a kind of like modern day Spielbergs in a way of like mm. The, mm. anything they touch kind of seems to have this like stamp of like well you've got my fucking money guys twice yep. over like yeah yeah hundred percent I I I yeah I I I don't know if that like people listening going that's not a disaster movie it fucking is guys the world's gonna end <laughs> in a disaster so. I really talked myself round in circles on that one. It, it it's on my long list, and I got very myself with your your top. I am. I get a bit funny about what my definitions of a genre is because I also, and I don't disagree, it is one. But Titanic. If you asked me what a disaster movie was, I would oh, yeah. never ever say Titanic. Well, hold on, it, I need to revise my top three. It it, it it appears on every single list of disaster movies, and I was like. Well, I guess it is a disaster movie. It ticks every trope. But my brain would never, ever tell me that Titanic is a disaster movie. Oh, no, yeah. I have to go back to the drawing board. <laughs> no, Titanic is one. Titanic is one, because it's... No, that's what it, I'm saying, though. She wants to add it in. consider it. I want it in there. Oh. Well, why don't, why don't I do my top three? Because you got to go first last time. Yeah, So that's I'll go this time. Um, so mine... I am not a fan of the disaster movie as a genre. I'm not, not a fan. It's just not one that I ever really flock to um but i found it a little bit easier than thought i would and um, mine are in no particular order um but i'm gonna go with an utter classic of the genre sharknado oh yeah what is not to love about that whole film it's an absolute joy that is a good parody of the disaster genre it's not even trying to be a parody it's trying to be a serious movie <laughs> but there is silliness there's heart the people are taking it seriously actually the first one is genuinely a decent film and um, and you know it's sharks raining out of the sky and people chainsawing themselves out of sharks stomachs so I am here for Sharknado every day. Apart from, I think it's Sharknado 4. Sharknado 4 is a piece of shit. The rest of them are great. Doesn't Carmen Electra put, turn up in one of the Sharknado films? Yeah, I think so. Either three or five, I think. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people turn up in them. <laughs> a lot of sharks, too. A lot of sharks. <laughs> But the first one, genuinely, as just an A to B journey of a man who is separated from his family and wants to be with his kids and save the day, the first one is a classic of the genre, just made really cheaply. Um, my second one is very different. Uh, this is the end. Um, because love a comedy, love something that riffs, and just, it's hilarious, it's utterly hilarious there is some dodge humor in it obviously because it's one of those kind of films but it's so funny and the ad-libbing and the just the 
whole chemistry between the group is just yeah. outstanding and it does get what i imagine being in an apocalyptic disaster would actually feel yeah, like i do feel like feel it like, nails yeah. that because <laughs> everyone would just yeah. be totally useless none of this hero saving the day we we would all be like panicking and being like what the fuck but as coronavirus has taught me i would just lock myself in a room and stay the fuck home so <laughs> Um, and then my last one, I'm going to go for one that actually fits it, um, which is War of the Worlds, but the Tom Cruise version. Um, I actually just really like that film. As someone who doesn't really go for disaster movies and doesn't really go for sci-fi movies, I actually have a real soft spot for that film. I think it's really well done. I think, again, it captures everything that's good about the genre, the the grumpy dad who somehow seems to be made of steel because no matter what they get into he keeps going the annoying children who he doesn't have a good relationship with but this torture brings them together and men's animosity um, and you know they've got the MacGuffin like I can't remember where they have to go for whatever reason they have to get there but they do um, and I actually used to teach it as part of my sci-fi unit um, when I was a teacher and that again made me really appreciate it because I could see like mm just how much care and the attention we've been put into it so i love that mm-hmm. i haven't seen that one actually i should watch it it's nice broadening my horizons in the disaster genre <laughs> <clears throat> i actually really struggled at first with this and now that we've spoken about it i've actually got too many so i just wanted to do i just wanted to do i wanted to do some shout outs which wouldn't have made it to the top three but we've mentioned titanic what like someone tweeted the other day about if you want to understand how pacing changes a film like watch that because and an, this film that we've just watched how long do you say it was 72 minutes 82 minutes got it felt, felt three times as long as titanic which is yeah. three and a half hours yeah boom perfect perfect disaster romance story um i also wanted to do a little honorable mention to dante's peak because we watched that in geography like every year <laughs> when the teacher gave up all i remember is pierce brosnan uh the grandma dying in the sulfuric lake and a squirrel (laughs) that's all i remember we never watched the whole film we never got to see it from start to end i don't think i did either which may probably make sense why i can't actually remember what happens in it so maybe i need to revisit that and uh all of a sudden i don't know if it's because we were talking about lord and miller and i don't know if this is them i think it is it, it just reminds me of them. But does Cloudy and the Chance of Meatballs count as a disaster? Again, I talked myself round in circles about that one because that is one of my favourite so, all-time yeah. movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Falling from the sky. I was like, food falling from the sky. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely, that's what that film is riffing on, right? Is that, yeah. that idea yeah. of the disaster movie? I'm so sad that you have... so long. I need to You have both that. taken two of my all-time favourite movies in your list. <laughs> and I didn't no, 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 that was just to mention because i i haven't seen it enough for it to be oh i love it i rewatched it this year i'm with me right i tend to not re end up re-watching films that much because i try and keep up with everything Mm. so when we talk about these lists i i always think i can't really say that's my favorite because i don't feel like i've seen it enough so i kind of try and go with things that i have an emotional connection Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. so my top three um i'll go from sort of bottom to top um petrus has already mentioned armageddon like it's just like a slice of like 90s Hollywood that is like forever part of my love of film and entertainment mm-hmm. and magic. 
particularly because of the Armageddon ride in Disneyland Paris as well, because <laughs> I watched it way too young because my dad probably showed me. And then like, it, I probably didn't care. And I heard the song and like, I didn't know. But then I went on the ride and I was like freaked out. And then I watched the film again and there's just this actual visceral connection. And obviously the song is like one of the best things mm-hmm. that I've ever blessed my ears. So, yeah. you know, Petra's covered all of the actual good things about the film. I've just shared <laughs> all of my random connections to it. Um, my second one that I wanted to mention was 2012. Now, 2012 is a funny one because I haven't watched it in so long, but it was, it, I remember that cinema trip and I never remember cinema trips. Everyone goes, yes, I saw this film um, on a Tuesday. It was rather windy. And I, you know, I don't know. I don't remember watching shit, okay? But I remember going to see this with my dad because of the first, because of my number one, which I'll mention in a second, because I loved my number one, Redacted, will, will be revealed. <laughs> he took me to see 2012 and I don't remember half of it, but I remember having a jolly good time. <laughs> But it was the whole Mayan calendar thing. It was all the big thing in, you know, at the time. It, that's how tapping into the zeitgeist works well. I think you pick one thing that people are talking about and it's got this mystery around it. And mm-hmm. it's like baked in this, you know, you were saying, it's just like, it's it's baked in these real world fears. Mm-hmm. And it was literally, it was the kind of eco crisis tied in with, you know, this end of the world thing that is built in history. And it was just really fun and it was gorgeous and Roland Emmerich did a fantastic job, like, you know, as as he does being a disaster movie <laughs> director, um, which leads me on to my number one, which is The Day After Tomorrow. I knew it was going to be Which that. is one of my favourite films just ever. Sorry to mention him, but young Jake Gyllenhaal. Sorry, Claire. I know we don't like no, Jake Gyllenhaal. No, I do like Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, it's just... It just when Red came out, it just made me sad about him again. But okay. it was just one day. It's fine. And we also okay. no we, on the thirteenth of December we also all hate JJ and all. But every other day just of the year, day. he's a- glad I got the memo. <laughs> or, day after tomorrow, young JJ and Hall trapped in a library with a tsunami wave coming down a street in New York. That's just plastered in my mind. It just pops up every now and then. Like I can just see it, and I used to feel so scared. Like. I was so scared of that film that at one point we had a leak in my house. Like, was that out at the time? All I know is I connect these memories together. So (laughs) one thing might have happened before the other. But I was so scared of flooding. So either I was already scared of flooding and then I watched that film or that film made me scared of flooding. But then also you've got Dennis Quaid, who I love from Parent Trap. Like, this is my, this is one of those films that... Dennis Quaid is actually a bit of a bad guy. Oh... Sorry. It's all, all of them, isn't it? All of them. It's all of them. like anyone. No. <laughs> oh, anyway. You can like Jake Gyllenhaal. He just broke Taylor Swift's heart. Like, yeah, he didn't go to her 21st birthday party, which is why on her birthday we all just glare at him. <sighs> well, anyway, what I was going to say is that I feel like these. this is an example of a film where I remember sort of connecting me just watching films as a kid like Parent Trap. Mm-hmm you know, these things, and then recognising actors in films that were more adult that I go, oh, actually, I really enjoy this, and I'm watching it with my dad, and we have a really good time, and then we go and see, and it's sort of, as I'm looking back, I'm seeing the the, the sort of growth of my love for cinema generally, 
Um, so I'll always love that. I haven't watched it in so long, but the poster, the front of the DVD, I can see so clearly the beginning where it's like massive hailstones, like falling down in Japan and all sorts. Like, it's just, I think it's a, the epitome of what a disaster film should be, which is pure fear. And well, that's, you... I've never seen any of those movies because I yeah. think I genuinely am a little bit scared. I think that's why yeah. I like Sharknado because there will be never be a Sharknado. Let's, let's not say that on this podcast, please, because we know what happens. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I remember Day After Tomorrow and um, coming out in the cinemas and I was like, nope, not, not ever watching that. I, I don't need that in my life because I know I would die. It's got that really iconic like DVD cover as well, right? Yeah. Uh, kind of yeah. the 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 statue silvery grey. Yeah, 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 with yeah. the statue of liberty's hand, yeah. kind of like. Yeah. I can just see it so frost. perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It, I remember that one. Two Roland Emmerichs as well. Wow, that's a, yeah, I know. That, that, that shows him to be the master. I'm such a film bro. Such a film bro, aren't I? This is a you know, movie. that's why we love you. <laughs> He's just the master of the disaster movie. Like Master it, it, of the Disaster. Yeah, I'll tell you master what, I haven't seen Independence Day. Oh, I have a grudge against Independence Day because I watched it once when I was trying to stay up for an eBay bid and I fell asleep and I missed the eBay bid and so I refused to ever finish I love, it. I love how the mind works. I love it's just, how it's, it's been over ten years, but like I just have a real grudge against it because I fell asleep. So, but well, clearly it wasn't very good because I fell asleep and then I missed my eBay bid. So oh now I refuse God. to ever watch it. Amazing, amazing. So that about wraps it up for our disaster movie episode. Um, obviously, we always want to hear all of your thoughts, um, all listeners and followers um, on social. Have you seen it? Are you going to see it now after this episode? Absolutely ripping it to pieces. Who knows? <laughs> Let us know what you think, if it deserves a place on the bottom 100 at the number one spot. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at WRatedPod and on Letterboxd at WRated. Um, Petros, do you want to tell us a little bit more about where we can find you and if there's anything you want to shout about that's coming up for you? Um, yeah, you can find me on every single social media platform. So that is Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Letterboxd, all at Caged In Pod. Where, like, currently, yeah, we've talked about the Nick Cage aspect of my podcast, but mm-hmm. now it has taken a, a weird left turn. Not that weird, really, when you think about it, but, like, I look at the films of Nicolas Cage's wider family and their place in Hollywood history to answer the question, are they the greatest film family of all time? So that's the, <laughs> the wider Coppola uh, family. Um and yeah, you can just find me on there just talking about all types. Find me on Twitter mostly, talk about all types of random stuff. And like Claire, trying to avoid hot button topics, but still diving in <laughs> two feet first, going, fuck you guys, a lot of the time. Of course, has a hold on us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, just, 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 just follow the podcast. Listen. Listen to it. There's a lot of films <laughs> that you'll, you'll you'll probably have seen. There's some you haven't have seen, mm-hmm. but I don't know if you like what I do. Come check it out, and it's uh, yes. it's a lot of fun. It's I think it it's I, I think it's fun, and there's um yeah there's 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 all types of weird and wonderful films and great stuff going on, and some some guests. Like, yeah, we talked in a kind of. Uh, off mic about like I'm I often pinch myself at the people I've spoken to so I don't know I I, I spoke to <laughs> Nick Cage's uh stand-in for like 11 years 
on my Amazing. podcast for two hours all about his experience from working with him from 1994 to 2005, which for many would be the golden age of Nicolas mm. Cage. So if you want chats like that and just kind of weird deep dives into Nicolas Cage, come over and have a laugh. <laughs> yes, do it. Please go and listen. Claire, where can we find you on the old socials? Um, as always, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Claire Ellen Hope, um, where who knows what I'll be doing. Um, and you can find me at Daisy Vic Edwards on Twitter and Daisy Victoria Edwards on Instagram and Letterboxd. Thank you so much, Petros, for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. And we just want to thank everyone else for tuning in. As always, if you enjoyed listening to our podcast, please do give us a follow or subscribe. Um, And if you're feeling particularly generous, maybe a rating or a review. Um, We hope you can join us for the next episode where we take on the next worst rated film. See you then.